Bill Gates can find it. <laughs> he can insert the microchip and we're done. <laughs> I mean, technically that is true. What? That everything you do and make online, just, if it's on the internet, it, you're done. It's gone somewhere for sure. Yeah, I did think, I have thought about that when I've sent stupid things and not enough <laughs> detail of what. So it's incorrect, not incorrect people, but like in reflection, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad idea. Yeah, it's a bad idea. Um, but it's like, how do you know it's actually gone? That's the thing though, but why wouldn't it be? That's the thing, like, they would take it and they would do something with it, for sure. Like, I'm 99% sure that, like, something's happening with that info. Because, like, remember the data leak that happened? The what? With Cambridge Analytica. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was sus. Like, <laughs> suddenly everyone was like, now, wait a minute. No do one's talking about this. Do you think people care about it? Well, the thing is, like, that gets, like, taken away and used to predict, like, for people's businesses. So, for example, like, wait, is that recording? Yeah, it is, yeah. Just don't, don't think about it. It's, it's raw. <laughs> so, basically, like, all that information is going to get filtered into a specific target audience. Mm -hmm. You know about this. Oh, yeah. Your business. Yeah, we still, I remember learning about this in college, so I was 16 to 18, and it was, you learn about business, and I thought it would make me more motivated to, like, yeah, business, business, but it just made me think all the shady stuff that happens with, with Facebook. And, and manipulative stuff too, right? Yeah, well, the you could argue that, let's say, Brexit and Donald Trump, you can argue that it was influenced specifically by these companies using data through Facebook and targeted media to oh, right, promote that. Yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. There, was, there was a documentary actually in England that oh. came out about specifically them two campaigns. And the case book. <laughs> when there is a documentary and everyone watches it, mm. then everything's over. How do we get to this topic? Um, we talking about risky photos you send to people. <laughs> Not you specifically, I should say myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like risky photos you may or may have not sent oh, on yeah. the internet of your um, my saggy body to some person <laughs> <laughs> and oh, there's probably Bill Gates looking at it or maybe some Ed guy like Edward Snowden seeing that information and going oh god I think to be honest when people start talking about this I don't think it's like if a government was looking at them type of photos. I'd more just be embarrassed. <laughs> you know I mean? Just to just like flicking through like yeah, no, like, thousands of just because <laughs> this is from this person. Okay, I'm gonna track you down. I'm gonna find you and confront you about this. Like, cause how would that? How does it work? I, I know that Ed Snowden said that he was like working in some you know, some computer and then he'd go through emails or something. That's probably wrong. I don't know actually what he said. But there's who is this? Though? You don't know Ed. So yeah. Ed Snowden released. CIA document, Oof, I think. That's a big one. Yeah, and on he <laughs> didn't do it on, on purpose, but he was showing how the government track and go through your information. Yeah. <laughs> that's so bad. Yeah, yeah. He, he got exiled and he lives in Russia now. Wait, there's a movie about this guy. Yeah. Is exile yeah. the right word? Yeah, it is. Right. I mean, it's a bit like <laughs> Tudor Times level. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a big but word. That's correct. But he did, he got, if that's the case, then he did get exiled. Deported is not the right word, because he got sent to another country. No, actually, I don't think he got sent to another country. I think he went. Oh, he willingly um, went. Yeah, he willingly went. Oh, so maybe that's not exiled, because yeah. then that's like when the government's like, 
he exiled himself. <laughs> He's like, no, I ain't gonna do this today. <laughs> Bye, y'all. I think he can't go back to America because public opinion is a bit like, oh, some people think he's a hero, some people think he's a traitor for releasing that information. Because as well as yeah. releasing information that shows we're getting trapped by the government, you know, I think yeah. he, I think he also released information that was a bit like a threat to national security. But I don't know, I don't know what it is. Mm, I think I think the reason why probably would have gone to Russia is to avoid like being killed or something like his family being tracked or like being attacked or something so they'd rather leaving and having less people find out about it you know what i mean mm. <laughs> yeah i think he he has to get visas for russia and is it, it goes through stages where it's like expiring and everyone's like oh is he gonna come back is he not and he's just in some undisclosed location i think in russia this is scary yeah. this should be a movie plot but i think there is a movie plot here. i think there is I'm just going to check something as well. Sorry to just uh, walk away from the front table. But I need to see. Oh, my God. Right. So, this is the first time using the microphone. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll, I'll Do you think I'm close enough? I think it'll be fine. From the quick trial that I did of screaming, <laughs> oh, it's working, and then playing it back, it sounds okay. Uh, but I don't know how long it's going to record for, because on there, it looks like there's a... like a expiry point yes it does like it looks like it's slow oh okay there we go so it extended okay that was better <laughs> <laughs> so, so what we just seen was the fact that it looked like it was coming to an end but it extended further so that's a good sign yeah, yeah. <laughs> watching the line so we have done a podcast before never i mean i've sent like 10 minute voice notes <laughs> yeah so that's about it that's basically a podcast <laughs> people yeah. call that so why are you sending me a podcast and that's interesting what do you send on the voice notes, whatever comes to your mind? So sometimes on my Bible study, we'll have like uh, discussions and stuff. And some of us have like prayer requests. And so we'll send, like, some people send like really long voice notes explaining like what they need, like they feel they need from God and what they feel they need prayer for, for their families or for any type of distressful situation, any type of like, any type of bad situation. So they'll use that as like an outlet. You know, and the whole group will pray for them if we can't meet up in person. So there's that, and then also like <laughs> if you're having an argument with someone, like you know if you have a long distance relationship, yeah, and you're having an argument, you're probably gonna send like a ten minute voice note, looking at your point of view and like explaining your perspective, and then with that comes just comprehension, asking questions and blah blah blah. So, so your long distance relationship. Mm -hmm. <laughs> your long distance relationship. <laughs> Thank you. Sure. Let's get personal. Let's, 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 let's do that one, Saya. Thank you. I'll, if you don't mind, I'll, can, ugh, how long have you... Because me and you, I guess, in a, I was in a similar situation to you. Not as long as you. Oh, yeah. You've yeah. been with your boyfriend for four, four years? Four years and a couple months now. Yeah. And how long does that... How long of that has been... Like, over the phone? Yeah. Videoing? Uh, I'd say, like, three and a half years. So we spent like, I'd say a little over six months and a little bit more together. So we lost track of time there. <laughs> but then after that, he got shipped to the military. So we couldn't spend a lot of time together anymore. And then we saw each other briefly for Christmas, like <laughs> that three years ago. Mm -hmm. But uh, we don't really count it that much because it was very short, it's like a week. Oh, is that the... Yeah. <laughs> Let's not go to that one. Let's avoid that story. <laughs> That's a, a deportation story. 
Kind of, kind of. Exiled. Exiled. Exiled to another country. Yeah. <laughs> or back to my own country. Back to, yeah. This is making me look so bad. It's not making me look so bad. <laughs> I got deported. <laughs> I got, I've been deported too. From this very location that we're recording the podcast from. So, if that makes you feel better, I'm back. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, I'll never see you again. Comes back. Hey, yeah. I was meant to come back anyway. What would you say is the worst part about being in a long-distance relationship? Mm. I think, like, the worst part, you'd think it's, like, intimacy or, like, being close to somebody, right? Like, being able to hug someone or tell them it's going to be okay. But I think, for me, the hardest thing is just, this is really silly, but, like, not being able to argue with someone in person. Because the thing is, like, if you're in a relationship with someone, like, long-term, it's serious, you intend to get married, you intend to move forward with someone... You get into an argument, like, in person, okay, you can sort it out, you can sit next to each other and be like, hey, like, I don't agree with this, mm-hmm. da, 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 can we sort it out, comprehension, communication, etc. But then, when, <laughs> when it's over the phone, <laughs> you end up sending 10-minute voice notes, <laughs> or, like, having three-hour calls, and that's frustrating, because you, you have to get through it in a, in a different way. And while there's, like, a huge positive to that, then you're forced to verbalize everything, there's also a huge negative, where, like, you can't really express everything in person, because... You're not there, obviously. Your body language isn't there. Your emotional cues don't exist. So that person can't read you well enough to predict da-da-da, so they shouldn't say da-da-da, you know? Like, over the phone, you just hear their voice. They have to say everything. But in person, you don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm guessing in your relationship, you're able to look at that person and guess, okay, she's pretty upset, you know? Or she's unhappy with something. You don't have to be like, are you okay? What's going... You know, you don't... Like, what's going on? You can kind of tell sometimes, like, Mm -hmm. by by her actions, like... Maybe how she looks in that moment. Yeah, so, yeah. I'd, I'd agree from the, the <laughs> time period I had of being in the uh, long distance. I mean, it's not longest, your distance, but yours is Czech Republic to America. America. Yeah, with huge, that's, well, what's the time difference, actually? Six hours. Six hours. You six hours back. So that makes it difficult to... Yeah, we've done eight hours. That was hardcore. That was just, like, really tough because I had to, like, communicate with him over just, like, waking up at, like, four in the morning to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And then him <laughs> staying up really late to talk to me. It was just, like, tough. Yeah. So we had to, like, figure that out. And we couldn't always call, which which sucked. But then it ended up just working out over six hours. It was way better, like, relieved when six hours came by because now we can function with that better, you know? Soon it's going to be the same time, though. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> I can't wait for that. It's going to be amazing. So what's your plan now? Because me and you, congratulations. Cheers. We're both unemployed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> same day, <laughs> same week. Uh, goodbye. Um, well, a plan like with him? Or do you mean yeah, plan, just like, in, in general? general? Yeah. I wanted to do that online teaching thing. So yeah. um, I want to take some art therapy courses, mm-hmm. see how that goes. I've applied to some universities. I didn't get into all of them. Still waiting for like replies and stuff, so we'll see how that goes. If I get into a university, then I will go see him for if I can five months and then transition into a university. So if it's close to him, you know, obviously we make the living situation easier. If it's not, then that'll change and I'll stay on campus. But if that doesn't work out, then it will be the other way around. It'll be like I'll go visit for three months, come back to Czech Republic, and do what I need to do. Like whatever courses I feel I need to do or find another job maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm leaving my options open, trying not to just put myself in a box so that I don't feel like I can't do things. 
aka current situation at work, <laughs> hostage situation. So you feel like it's a hostage situation. That's how I felt in like when they tore my room. Oh, we can get into that. That's fine. <laughs> Should we? Yeah, let's get into it. So, okay. <laughs> so privileged you... information. <laughs> okay. Well, what happened is that like, <laughs> so whoever's listening, <laughs> I went into uh, a really bad place with the kindergarten that we're working at at the moment. Um, about to end that, and um, I wanted to quit because I didn't like the conditions. I thought it was unethical. Didn't like the way that I was getting bullied by the main the manager, so I decided to quit. I woke up one morning, it just so happened to be the 30th, because in Czech Republic you have to quit on the 30th of that month so that you can end earlier. And I wanted it to be fair, I saw that in the contract, so it was just co- by coincidence. And I just decided that morning and I put my notice on the desk. And strangely enough, the manager was fine with it, but then <laughs> the owner of the kindergarten <laughs> Oh, this is actually getting funny. The owner of the kindergarten came in, sat down with me, and it attempted to like manipulate the conversation. I try to be nice about it. Manipulate the conversation, and then she ended up tearing my resume, or not my resume, my resignation, resignation notice, yeah. and she threw it in the bin mm-hmm. and smiled at me, which is really weird. Yeah. And then she forced like options onto me, like part time, and yeah. So I was a hostage for a little bit which really sucked, and that just made me feel worse. So I'm glad to be leaving. Yeah, well, that was like the breaking point for me because I remember what I noticed from when I started is like I noticed a few incidents of like the manager mm. speaking to you. Yeah. And I think in my, my honest opinion, I, I probably let that slide. And I was like, oh, I, I, maybe it's just I'm seeing it. It could wrong. just be two women who don't like each other, right? Pot- potentially, but then now as I've reflected on it and more things happened, it was like, uh, I'm going to I don't like this environment. Yeah, it was it was wrong. You were pretty much getting bullied for <laughs> harassed. Yeah, you were just getting bullied for the, just existing. <laughs> to be honest, so bad. Um, I mean the kids too, like Yeah, and the kids got bullied too. But it's so what happened with me is like I went and then I think I was there for like two, two, three weeks and then I had to leave. Oh that's right, you went to Croatia. Croatia. Croatia, yeah. Uh, but because because I think at that moment, because I had to go through the visa stuff, it was like every night I was going home and I was thinking about that. While I was in work, I was doing the yeah. visa stuff. So This is a pretty important thing. Yeah, and it felt to me that my, my, I was consumed with that to focus on what was properly going on at work. Right. And then once I came back, it became more... Um, what's the word? Like the expectation rose. Right? Uh, not the expectation, it's just it became more visible what oh, was going on. Yeah. And then I remember saying to you, it was like, if they're on the lot, if one, if one more thing happens. That's right. And then That's it right. was your, your resignation. <laughs> Tear it up, yeah. throw it in the bin. And then, then you came, I remember you spoke to me actually in the... You convinced me it was a bad thing because I was underreacting completely. Yeah. But I, I remember you spoke to me saying, like, saying, why am I here? Why am I still here after that? Do you remember? Yes, I yeah. do. And I was like, I was just sitting in the room, like I should have left already. Like I should have walked <laughs> out the door and I'm sitting in the nap room, like I'm still doing my job. Yeah, but then you asked I think you asked me, you're like, why, why am I still here? Because I said, I remember saying, we've got one more thing, and that happened. And then it was like, end of November, we went to December, and I was going on holiday. Uh, so I, I rode it out until end of December. Oh, that's right. And then I came back, and I was like, I remember before I was coming back from England, I was like, I cannot be bothered. <laughs> I did not want to go back. 
the golden blood drained from your face, you just don't want to deal yeah. with the same thing every single day. Yeah. Like before I get there, I'm like, if this and this person is in today, I don't want to be there. Yeah. Uh, it really sucks. But yeah, that, that kind of motivated me to get out. And you've said you said some words to me where it was like, oh, come on. Like, you don't want to be here. Yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, I'm going to ride it out. Yeah. <laughs> Is it really worth it though? I know. I, I think it's easy to get in that mindset. We go, oh, it's my contract till August. I might as well just do that. Oh, it's only yeah. a few months. But, but then every day is like and longer and longer yeah. and longer. And it's okay. It's a nice, it's a nice chilled out job. Don't get me wrong. Like the schedule, yeah, it is chill, chill and we can take breaks like all the time. Yeah. Right. But the the culture of the place is very it's toxic. Bad. Yeah. And it's strange because like. It's so relaxed, right? And I say that with inverted commas. But, like, the problem is that you go there and you try to <laughs> you try to have a, a good day and you have, to, you have to give all of your energy to these little kids who need you. Like, their parents are not there. No one else is there but you to take care of them. And so they go to you for everything. And so when your energy is drained by, like, the toxicity, you know, certain people insert... I think like it's hard to to put yourself out there and actually help these children learn about things and ask you questions. Like I found myself just being completely too tired to respond to little kids, especially the two year olds, where I'm just like they're crying about something and I'm like I don't have the and I want to help you and I want to hug you and love you, but I can't because my brain is just fried. Mm. There's n- I can't give you anything. There's just anxiety and there's frustration and you just you have to keep working through that every day until you're you know numb for it or mm. to it. And then, like, oh, I can finally give the energy to the kids. But it doesn't end up being the case. You're just frustrated after that. And then you feel like you're a hostage. <laughs> and you're stuck again. I, I, didn't, I didn't feel like a hostage. In, in my opinion, I just felt a bit like, oh, what should I do? What should I do? And then it just finally came to the day. And I snapped after oh, the yeah. miscommunication. Getting underpaid by... That's right. That was like 9K or something so after that, I was like, oh, I'm just sick of this now. I didn't really care about the con- like the consequences. I was like, I just want out. Mm-hmm. I just want to be out as quick as possible. And it's bit, when did I leave? When did I give my notice in? Two weeks ago. That's right. I'm leaving at the same time as Wait, you. Wait, that was two weeks already? Yeah. Whoa, that's insane. Or was it last Monday? It was last Monday. It was last yeah. week. That's a quick turnaround. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was last week. Because we got paid. We get paid on the 15th. So, and, and now it's the 27th? 27th, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds right. In my last job, I had to give... Well, I didn't have to, but... It was a similar case where... It wasn't the, as toxic as this. Uh, there were still issues with... Um, for example, people telling me to get my hair cut <laughs> in the job. And like, <laughs> stuff like I Am I in high school? Stop. Yeah. Uh, and... It just got to a point where it was just frustrating, mm. and then the, uh, my job got labelled as like an administration job, which it wasn't. It was uh, oh, quite, no. a, and so it, everyone in the de- in the department felt pretty deflated. And then, but, but so I, there was basically I was doing one job mm. Sunday to Thursday, and my mate was doing another job Tuesday to Saturday, nice. and we were both doing the same job, pretty much, but. One of us would look at plans of the manufacturing plant, and then the other would be on dailies, which was just doing all the work that needed to be done, oh, okay. getting orders in, and we'd just help each other out. 
And then me and him became really close because over the pandemic, we realistically, we should have been working from home. Mm. But we were told that to come on site because the orders came out of the printer. And it was, uh. yeah, then we ended up getting like one day a week at home and it was like, it's a privilege. Like Pri- privilege. <laughs> yeah. So we like, okay, what? but it's but, like there's a pandemic, you get one yeah. <laughs> And you know, it actually it worked out pretty nice. What I'd used to do was on a Sunday I'd be able to work from home, but I'd normally would go to site, go on site, finish my work as quickly as possible, drive home and just leave my uh, phone on ready to be so if someone called oh. and I just have it all done. Uh, okay, that that's convenient. Yeah, it was nice. It yeah. was, but the so the Sunday shift was like five hours, but realistically, I was working for two hours because I was quite efficient at what hey. I was doing. <laughs> yeah, so I'd go, I'd go in early, get everything done, and then that go works. back home that's and nice. then clock back in. Uh, but my story was that's just me bragging about the good part of my job. My story was that the, the me and the guy got really close mm. and we, we were both talking about we don't like this and we want to do something better of our lives he ended up working at a prison and I, but we both left around about the same time so it's a similar situation to this really mm. uh, he left before me but this time me and you were leaving at the exact same time that's insane it's like a walkout right yeah it's essentially like it could, okay it's not a walkout but it it feels that way yeah you know but I, yeah, so I, I didn't have to give, but my situation was I was doing my degree and working at the same time, mm. and they were both together. So, okay, that's, that's kind of tough for us, right? Yeah, I didn't get the best grade in my degree, but I, I just started, you just, I just started to care less and less about it. I, I realized that I was like, I've gone down the wrong path. That's right, so you were uh, telling me this, like you were interested in music. Yeah. And then you decided, yeah, yeah. I decided to do business management. And okay, I accept that. It's pretty good. I got I got my degree paid for. I applied for the job that paid for it. So Hey, I mean that would be convenient again. Good, yeah, no no debt, which is brilliant. But I didn't yeah, I didn't enjoy the degree. I'm just glad I've got that. Wait, in England you start your you can start your degree at sixteen? No. So you, we have college, so it goes high school and then you finish high school at 16 and you go to college oh, that's right. 16 yeah, yeah. to 18 and you can start university from 18 but I okay. I had a year working at a butcher's so I had like an unintentional gap year but I didn't really hey. do anything that impressive <laughs> I just, just sliced up meat and so, so many people are like I travelled the world and da, da. I'm like also I stuck in the pandemic when I took my gap year I was like okay whatever. you had a gap year too yeah I was forced into one because of the pandemic and then I was like there were other circumstances that pushed me into that as well so I was just like okay well might as well do something with this and I just you know did bible study and like met different people and went online and did courses and stuff so it was fine so when did you get this sounds weird when did you get into Christianity that sounds like it's a like it's so a when hobby did you, when did you apply Cyan <laughs> where's your sheet um so I, it's a hard question. I think a lot of Christians, like you get some Christians who can answer this question so clearly. It's like compl- they can <laughs> write out everything, their whole testimony. But then you get other Christians who they can give you the same date. But you get other Christians who like are kind of iffy about it because they, they, they bounce around the idea like what does it mean to become a Christian? Is there really a, a, defini- a definitive point at where you become a Christian, right? 
Because the thing about it is you're constantly growing from one point to the next. You're constantly developing. So you're moving forward and you're moving forward. And then you, the thing is, you let's say you read the book of Job, right? About a man who loses his whole family and he ends up learning more about God, but he goes through this, through this wicked depression. And there's a, whole, there's a whole aspect of spiritual warfare behind it. But the point is that like we we go through this and you can see uh, through the whole book of Job. By the way, it's a book in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. You see through every single chapter how he how he progresses and moves forward with God, and that's the thing. You could say that before that point, right? He was known to be a really good Christian, and he de- he was a devout Christian. He put himself forward for it, but you could also say after this point, he then became Christian. Okay. So it also wouldn't work. You know what I, do you understand what I mean? Yeah. So it's like a lot of people say Christianity and look at it from a religious standpoint, but a lot of Christians who understand the idea that you know Christianity isn't just one like oh I'm Christian now, mm-hmm. it's a it's a development, it's a growth of character, and so like I don't know that's how I see it. My train of thought fell away. No, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. But that's like that's how I see just how Christians move forward and like oh yeah it's it's less of a it's less of religious standpoint about law only. And it's more about a relationship with God. Okay. Yeah, so that's the thing. So if I were to tell you when I started being Christian, it'd be like uh, when I was really young, I would speak to Jesus. And I, I remember that clearly, that I would talk to him. I'd be laying in bed and be like, oh, Jesus, this happened in my day. And he was like my best friend. I would tell him everything. And then I'd go the next day and do the same thing. And it was normal for me. So I could say I started then. But then <laughs> I'm at a place now where I'm like learning new things and I'm seeing new people and different experiences. So... That just continues to grow and move forward, you know? So when you'd say speak to Jesus, is that through praying? Yeah. yeah. Although when I was a child, I would close my eyes, but it wouldn't be like, you know, I'd be on the floor on my knees next to the bed, the typical like picture you have in your mind when a child is praying mm-hmm. with their hands together. I just lie, I was chilling in bed and I close my eyes and be like, So like, hi Jesus, this happened today and I would just, you know, tell them my thoughts and Oh, Megan said this to me, and <laughs> you know, typical stuff that little kids say and go through, and that. So that it was less, I guess, of praying and more of just like confiding. I didn't. I don't think I understood the idea of prayer yet. Mm-hmm. So it was just like talking to my dad, you know, or talking to my best friend, one of the two. How's the tea, by the way? <laughs> That's like, I don't allow dead air to exist in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you might notice through through this, there can be moments where you're like, "Is someone gonna say something?" <laughs> the thing is, in in like regular conversation, um, can I use this? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Uh, in regular com- conversation, it's like um, you you have moments where like you pause, but it's so natural. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't really think about it, but then when this is here, you're like, "Do I have to say something?" Do, do, do it. <laughs> So, I mean, yes, the tea is great. It's really strong. Yeah, it's really strong. I've only put a little bit in, but it is burning my throat, to be honest. Yeah. You mentioned to me before, if I'm right about this, that there's no one in your immediate family who's Christian. My dad is. Oh, okay. But he doesn't... You see, the thing is, like, so my, my whole side of my Czech family is Catholic. Mm-hmm. But then if you really look at it, you have Catholicism as a religion, and then you have Catholicism as a culture. They're separate, mm-hmm. right? At least from my view, they're separate. So <laughs> my grandmother's Catholic. She attends 
Catholic Church. She she listens to sermons from the priest. She does all the traditional stuff that comes with Catholicism, but the rest of the family doesn't. So my mother's, I, I'm not sure my mom, actually. I'd, I'd say she's atheist, but then again, she believes that there is something somewhere. I forgot that there's actually a name for it. I just forgot the word. Like she believes in omnipotence, like there's some God, but she just doesn't know who. Mm. So it could be the Buddha, it could be, you know, Muhammad, it could be anyone. So, yeah, and then my dad's side of the family, there are like Methodists and stuff, but that's more cultural, mm-hmm. right? Like my grandmother believes in God, but she's not, how do I say, like, I think because of the area she grew up in, she, she approaches her, her uh, denomination and Christianity differently. So she's very like, she has a unique aspect on it, but she won't approach it from a spiritual standpoint. She'll approach it from a more traditional and cultural standpoint. Like, I go to church, this is part of my routine, I meet the people at church, we talk about God, and we leave. Mm-hmm. Then you get others who have a more spiritual aspect of Christianity, where they are, are just devout in evangelism and you know things like this. They pray with other people, so it's different. Um, and then my dad, my dad is quite a devout Christian, but he has he has um how do I say like a different point of view on a lot of things, which is fine. Um, but for us, like he doesn't go to church, he doesn't really like to do those sorts of things. So it's more like he's completely a part of the spiritual aspect, and completely out of the community aspect, the cultural aspect of Christianity. So it's strange, but I, I think like if you had a Venn diagram, they probably pass over each other. So I'd say yes, but no. It's a strange thing. I think it's relative to the person. If you have to ask my grandmother or my father on either side of the family, or my grandmother on the other side, they'd probably give yes, da 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 da. But again, relative. Because what it seems like to me, from what I've been speaking to you, there's been no direct influence from anybody to say no. like you go to church, you're gonna Never. do this, yeah. Which was so it's quite. That's why I'm quite interested mm. because you've gone from having that influence to then going to your Bible study and Absolutely. attending uh, uh, what they call pray, prayer prayer meetings. prayer meetings and it's it's just it's interesting how you've gone from oh okay well when I, when you were by yourself mm-hmm. but then you've like found it yourself and you've gone in that direction why, why do you think that is? So here's the thing I think well I try not to give my whole testimony in this <laughs> um, but so the thing was that when I came to the Czech Republic, I was 13, and if you take a 13-year-old to another country, that's a bad age, because that 13-year-old's just like weird, you know, they're trying to figure stuff out, they don't understand anything, which is exactly what was happening to me. Couldn't talk to anyone, da-da-da, and I got really sad. Then I went through a period where I didn't even recognize God, just completely like blotted out my mind. I had no influences, because Czech Republic's like the most atheist country, atheistic country I've ever seen in my life. I think it is in the world, to be honest. I think by like ninety, by, like ninety-eight percent. Yeah, I think by fact, it's the most atheist <laughs> country in the world. Whoa, <laughs> I did not know that. Um, I just assumed, but it. Yeah, if you speak to someone here about religion, they 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 kind of wince. And so for me, I didn't have any influences, especially going to Czech school. Mm-hmm. Zero influence, and I was completely carried away by being a teenager and stuff like that. So there was that period, and then when I was fifteen. I, I had some bad experiences with someone and it made me really depressed. Um, this is dark. 
and that's okay. It's fine, yeah. Um, the more open, I guess. If you, if you feel like talking about it, it's sure. completely fine. Yeah. Um, so I dated somebody who was very abusive, and I had to, I had to kind of find my way around that. Uh, and it affected me emotionally in a way that I couldn't move. I felt like I could not move forward, even though I was trying. It felt like I had a void. And so for a long time after that, I guess for me it was long, I got really depressed. I just stayed, I think I told you, I just stayed in my room. I didn't do anything. I was, I was contemplating suicide. Just really bad place, just yucky and dark and alone. And I, I had to like kind of figure out how was I going to how was I going to apply myself, right? How was I going to apply myself going forward? It just didn't work. And uh, basically, like my mom ended up just out of nowhere being actually being the person that does not believe in God. Literally out of nowhere came to me one morning and she was like, "You're going to this camp." I was like, <laughs> "What camp? Czech Republic has camps, you know? That that's how like." minded I was about the Czech Republic because I had not communicated with anyone and really like socialized so I didn't really meet people and she said you're going to this camp didn't know what camp it was she didn't explain anything she said you're going mm-hmm. okay so we drive all the way there and um, I ended up getting on a train and we met some guy named Ian I was like this guy's weird like I don't know where I'm going and it was kind of freaky and I was very depressed I get there and like <laughs> there are Americans everywhere. There are people speaking English. There are kids running around. And then I met people my age who were just like, like they had their heads screwed on right. It seemed to me. And it was like I was kind of angry about it because I was sitting there with like <laughs> I was wearing all black, being like you know depressed teen. And I had no, I kind of had no perspective on like what was good and what was bad. But I could sort of feel there was a big difference between myself and all the kids around me and all the other teenagers around me and even adults so i was intimidated i was upset (laughs) and i felt alone then i met someone who was who was named grace she was really sweet but also like was also on the bad side of things so she's like oh let's go smoke let's go swear like do you swear like she's exploring all of these (laughs) things i was like i was like yeah maybe you know like (laughs) like, i don't know depending on my mood might throw out the F words. <laughs> so already then I was like, I was opposed to that stuff, but I was considering it because I was in such a dark place. It was already like, it wasn't in my character, but it was becoming my character because of the situation I was in. Mm. So I was like, all right, I had no energy to do stuff. I was just so depressed that I could not move forward. It was just like I was stuck. And there was this worship, there was this worship meeting and they were singing inside this hall all the, all the kids, teenagers, and adults. And I was like, what is that? Like, I was really just like blown away because I didn't know what it was, but it sounded strange. So she took me there and she was like, okay, well, we can go there for a while. And I was like, okay. Stood there and she's like, you know what? Let's head out. Okay, why? And she's like, I don't know. This is boring. Let's go upstairs like smoke. <laughs> I stood there and I contemplated it for a little bit and then just decided, no. It was weird. It was like, I don't know. I can't explain it. I just said, I just said, no, I want to stay. I want to see what this is about. I guess that brings us to the conversation, right? About like mental health and Christianity. That whole, that whole scenario presented like a seed of hope for me. I could see like, maybe I could get out of this. And I think unconsciously I wanted to come closer to something that would 
take me away from all the darkness that I was experiencing in my life. So it was like marijuana. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Literally. She's <laughs> like, that was the option. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, you know what? I'll go for the God path. Yeah. And then I did. I just decided I would go. And I was really awkward too. Because everyone was like, has your hands in the air. If you're a Christian and you're listening to this and you know your hands are in the air and you're like experiencing da da da. And I was just standing there like, these people look weird. Like, I did not know what to do. I was completely psyched out. And the thing is, I wasn't leaving either. And that's, I, I don't know, I forgot your question. <laughs> Actually. I forgot my own question, <laughs> to be honest. So I think you said something like, how did I get to, oh yeah, yeah, how did I, how did I develop from that point to this point, right? Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it sounds something like it might say, so we'll take it. So, yeah, that's from that point, like going to this camp and doing like the worship and meeting the people, that was a seed of hope for me. And that was like, I call it like the, the door that was cracked open mm -hmm. because I remember telling God like one evening uh, of that, because it was only one week, but telling God one evening, I said, Lord, if you are real, <laughs> if this is real and you're like actually trying to help me, I'm giving you this one, like this one chance. Like, and I was, it's crazy because the idea of like limiting an omniscience, pre uh, omnipotence presence is crazy. But I did. I was like, I'm, and I was mad. And boom, this girl just appears behind me and she's speaking tongues, which is like, uh, it's like the Holy Spirit speaking through someone, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and I, I think I told you this already, but mm -hmm. before that in the week, I had asked questions to God by myself and telling anyone. It was like, that was completely on my own. And she had answered those questions. I'll keep those to myself. But like, she had answered those questions and it was just insane. It's like, nobody would know that. Like, absolutely no one. And so that was confirmation for me. I was just like, you know what? This, I feel incredible. This is amazing. And I saw, I saw that faith and I saw that hope in something where I could move forward from a situation that was going to ultimately kill me. A mindset that was just going to drag me down into the dirt and kill me. So, because that's, that's what it is. In, I think in Christianity, we call it like where you're spiritually dead, mm. right? You have nothing to, nothing that's woken you up. And that woke, that slapped me awake. And I was like, whoa, this, this, I want more of this. So I guess that's answering the question. Like that's really where things started to like quickly develop, where I moved from nothing in one week, just feeling like horrible and wanting to kill myself to like, just experiencing God's presence for the first time in this way and experiencing the Holy Spirit. And I felt so happy too. It was like so much joy. And I remember crying too, because that's, it happens a lot where like, <laughs> if I'm praying and I, I, I start to ask the Holy Spirit for, I don't know what you call it, like, uh, if, I'm, if I'm praying for someone or if I'm praying for something in my life and I ask the Holy Spirit for guidance or deliverance on something, I'll start crying mm -hmm. because it's too much for me to take. Like it, it's so, it's so uh, fiery inside of me that it just, I can't take it and I just burst into tears and it's just so real and raw that way. So after that, it just set me off and I met people at church. That's how I met my boyfriend mm -hmm. at the church and I started praying and worshiping. And from that point, like my mental health just skyrocketed into a, it's just a beautiful place. And uh, I'll never forget that. You mentioned in that story that the girl called Grace, she spoke to you in tongues. 
No, 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 no. Okay, so Grace does a different. There was another girl. I didn't really know her. I just saw her around the camp, and I kind of avoided her because I was intimidated because she was American and just really confident. And she just appeared behind me, and she put her hand on my shoulder, and she started speaking in tongues. And while she was speaking in tongues, I'll add, she translated it okay. herself. So she was speaking in tongues and then translating. Can you explain what speaking in tongues is? Okay, so I don't know the biological term for it. I'm, I'm not sure about that at all. I don't understand the neurological ideas behind tongues. <laughs> I'm guessing it's like the access somewhere in the brain, you know, that has already been there if you look at Babylonian times and stuff like that. Anyway, so you have like, it's like when the Holy Spirit is speaking through someone, they speak a language. Okay. Does that make sense? Because it, it's like, uh, I hope I'm explaining this correctly. That's fine. I'm just, so let's, ex let's go through that situation with someone. I don't want to, you don't have to say exactly what they said to you, but... They come up to you and they speak in a language. Is it English language? Is it like is is it just so, words clustered together? So there is one there is one something that I do remember. Actually, recently someone spoke in tongues to me. It was like on Bible study this week, Monday, and I prayed and she just started speaking in tongues. So it's not like a phenomenal. It's not just like mm. the biggest most phenomenal thing ever, but it is something that happens when the Holy Spirit is there and some people do speak it. Um, they'll say something, say things like Hadaka or something like this. It, it's strange. It is. It is like I think it is like a language, mm -hmm. but it it's I, I can't explain it. It's like translated by those who are speaking it, okay. and not every time I've met people who have spoken tongues and somebody else is translating it. Mm -hmm. It's really weird. It's like it, I don't know. It's hard to explain. See, I from when you first told me about that, I thought it just meant that like somebody's come up to you and spoken to you. And you're a bit oh. like you're a bit like how the how the hell do they know that information? Oh, right, right. Like, well, it can happen that way too, where somebody doesn't even speak tongues. They just yeah. they God's told them something in their minds, and they speak it, and you're like, well, how did you find out? And they're like, I don't know. God was telling me to tell you this, so bye. So you, I remember you told me that information, and then that time you spoke to me in uh, where the that was way back where the penguin. Well, yeah, but when the penguins where the penguins go, not actual penguins, should I say? Can people listen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no penguins at the kindergarten. They're just named for children. They hire penguins and they ship them to the kindergarten. Yeah, it's just a name for kids aged three to four. Yeah, yeah. It's just where, like the class name. Yeah. So where they go to sleep, you. It's when you came up to me and said like, "What are you?" You kind of just like went to me. Like, what are you doing here? Like, and you've spoken to me, and that freaked me out a little bit. Not in a bad way to you, but it was because you said about speaking in tongue, and I was like, because it was so out of character to yourself, I was like. Oh, that was weird. That was like, did what? I say that? I don't even remember this though. Uh, That's so insane. You did speak to me, but in my opinion, I I don't I don't know. I don't I don't think you were speaking tongue. I just think you were just like, what are you what are you even doing here? I think you just like you've said this and you've pointed me in a direction which said like, why aren't you leaving? You've said you're gonna do it, mm. and you kind of give it just gave me a bit of a kick because I realised I was sliding away from my own the purpose. Per yeah, my own purpose, my own ethical. Mm. point of view the way I see things I was letting in my opinion unethical things happen in front of me and I wasn't right. making the right decisions and then I, th I think you can get signs from the universe and it's like little winks from people where someone might say something and it might be trigger you yeah you might go oh yeah and it changes the way that you perceive the world wow I didn't know that dude and I had no idea so you spoke to me and I was like whoa <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going to be on one of my 
And then I, it, I was like, yeah. And he, he, he had, <laughs> this is like, I, I don't remember this. I'm so surprised. Uh, I have this from uh, even with, with things happening. So, for example, one time I gave my mum some money back. So when my mum and I got divorced, we got given money each mm. for the divorce. And in my mind, I'd always wanted to pay that back. And I saved up some money and I was able to pay it to my mum back. And then, obviously, I don't pay. I don't. I think it's also just a thing of luck, but I, I think that there is something though. If you really aim at doing a right thing, then mm-hmm. good things are going to come right. to yourself. I also think that is basically your own mental health and your perspective of things. Because if you're going through a bad period of your life, you can think good things can happen, but you might not notice them. Yes, yeah, I hear you. And I feel like if you're in your mind, if you feel like you're going to do the right thing, then you're going to have a better perception of what you believe to be the right mm. thing. So this story is that I give my mum some this money and then I, at the time I was investing in cryptocurrency <laughs> and I, I pretty much doubled my money overnight. Wow. But it was like I give, I'd give my mum this money and then it was like boom instantly back. Provided. And I was like that, that was weird. And I, I was Just fruitful production of <laughs> finances. Yeah, it was pretty good. I'm not going to deny it, but it was like, oh wow. So I pretty much because I thought, oh, I'm doing this, giving this money, and like, oh, I'm, that was selfless act. It was altruistic, right? Uh, yeah. How do you mean by that? So, basically, it's like wh- what I mean is when you give. For example, if I got a wad of cash, mm-hmm. right, I found it on the ground, and I thought, okay, you know what, um, Edward's my brother. Mm-hmm. I love him very much, and I know he needs this. I need it too, right? Because you're growing and you, you're trying to provide for the future and you're saving. But I want to give it to Edward instead because mm-hmm. I love him and I care for him. It's the same idea, give it to your mom. So in that case, it's not about you. You're complete, You're like turning the mirror around. You're saying, mm-hmm. no, this is about you. I care about you. And it's out of love. I'd say that's altruistic because it's not about your own personal need you know you're not doing it oh i'm gonna get that validation now you know mm. you're thinking no they need it and i care about them take this and that's that's selfless this is not about you it's not about any other element for you it's about them i think though from a what's the word it's not optimistic definitely it's the opposite of optimistic pessimist is that the right word yeah i guess from glass, that, glass half empty, glass half full. From that point of view, you could say, though, that because I've given myself that goal at some point in my life, that the fact I have done it, even though it might provide a positive impact on somebody else, you oh, could still you say that it's quite selfish because you're basically inflating your own ego. It's like, yeah, I've done this. I've done this. I've done this good thing. Whereas, realistically, it's just something that's happened. You've chosen to do something that you believe to be yours. And then that reaction, arguably, could inflate your own ego. Right. So you're saying like it's developed over a period of time from an initial first thought, right? Mm. Prior to that like next result. Yeah, that makes sense. So it could have it could have been <laughs> completely opposite. <laughs> it could have it could have been a complete selfish. But act. in the moment though, in the moment though, if you if you ignore this unconscious seed that was planted, right? Mm-hmm. Think about when you had that money and you thought, I should give this to my mom. And I, I feel like that moment in itself is pure love. Because yeah. you're, you're not thinking about your ego, mm. right? You're not really thinking about validation. 
right so you could also argue that because if we if we live in the present right you say that you're a person that lives in the present then that technically that like that seed doesn't exist and now you've moved forward well the ego seed yeah exactly like what you've planted a long time like i want to be so in the future you do it but you forget about that because it was so long ago is that what you meant like kind of i think just what what i meant was like because yeah so because i've planted that seed in my mind it's like okay it's you could argue it's a it's it's not like a you know, I'll not give myself a goal to strangle a kid to death. I've, 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 yeah. I've, I've gone like, oh yeah, I'm going to do something I believe good, which is okay, it's a good thing to do, but I'm just arguing from a pessimist. Pessim- you're playing devil's advocate. Yeah, you, you could, you would say, oh, you're just inflating your own ego, but that mindset, I used to have that type of mindset when I was probably in a similar situation to yourself when you said you've probably gone through it. A darker period in your life where you felt depressed is that's when that's when that mentality came out of me where I was very uh, the glass is half empty. Right. Yeah. 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 That's when I noticed. Don't trust more. anything. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't want this, and just kind of be just being more miserable. Oh, I see. Okay. See, I didn't know that. <laughs> like this, like mindset kind of navigates right your next step, and that like even if it's even if from an outside point of view it's selfless. And you're supposed to be more by it, so it was more like it was more like a nihilistic attitude, like nothing matters. Take this. Yeah, I think I can be quite nihilistic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I noticed that at work. <laughs> I was like, kind of, kind of with the kids, or like something happens, you're like, are you okay? And then five minutes later, you're like, <laughs> we moved on from that period. It is what it is now. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, I don't know what the right my my perception is on the world because I can be nihilistic, but I can also be very hopeful hopeful Mm. and i think i'm trying to balance that i'm trying (laughs) to just go like oh yeah well you know things are just happening in the world what can i do about it not much (laughs) if nothing means nothing and everything means everything it doesn't matter (laughs) yeah and i can get like that but then then i'd struggle and go well but it does it does yeah (laughs) yeah, it's just hold on yeah it's like a conflict going does it actually matter and i'm like why am I thinking about this? Shouldn't mm. I just be doing stuff? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually like the exact thought process. Yeah. Right. And then I then I do something else, and then I just get stuck in that. Uh, so you're constantly contradicted. Yeah. So it's like caring about nothing and caring about everything. So mm. like being in the middle of that, mm. right? I understand that. I get that. But it's not really like being in a depressive state. It's mm. more like. I, I guess it's more like. <laughs> trying to trying to reason out what the reality is in front of you because i think a nihilistic mindset is a reaction or a mechanism to hard situations so for example like i think you could go both ways and that might be what's happening it's like you're sitting down and like oh yeah i'm broke you can either get hope Mm -hmm. try again or you can have a nihilistic mindset do the same thing but that's a different mindset you know or with nihilism you just be like i don't care Whatever happens, happens. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's kind of, that's probably why you're shifting because it's, both of them have options. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not both bad options, <laughs> but they both work. So you can go to both. It's not necessarily a bad thing to have a little bit of a nihilistic mindset. I'd, I'd slightly disagree that it would be brilliant to have like a completely like, I don't know if you've watched Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> like a completely Rick mindset, you know, on everything. I don't think that's completely healthy because in that case, you just, you, you force out the light. And that's what hope is supposed to represent. It's supposed to represent light. If you can't see, how are you supposed to go forward? Yeah. Um, you, so you mentioned before about when you were in a shit situation. Apologies for swearing. Oh, it's okay. I mean, at the kindergarten, it's a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, it happens in secret when stuff goes down, but here I don't, I don't really care. You said you were in a bit of a murky situation, quite a bad situation through a toxic relationship. Yeah. How old were you at this time? 16. 16. So based on like the current situation you're in now with, with this job, with a toxic environment. Yeah. Do you, Understatement. Does, 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 do you get irritated that you feel that you've let yourself get into that situation again? Yeah. Yeah. Because I tend to be naive, and I think that's also what hope does. Mm -hmm. It 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 kind of uh, it's how do you say it encourages naivety. So if I'm gonna go into a situation, I I force myself not to see the negative. That like that's what makes me gullible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Y'all joking today? <laughs> no, I was thinking about how you guys are throwing jokes today. Mm -hmm. um, but just like you, you know, I always think that I force myself into situations where because of too much hope, I think it's going to be great and then go into it and it's just, I'm like obliterated by toxicity or bad situations because I wasn't thinking in, in a realistic manner. Mm -hmm. This is pessimism and optimism, <clears throat> but realism is important too. You have to be able to see, you have to be able to see what's in front of you. You can't just be looking other ways, you know, mm -hmm. and that's what I, that's what I tend to do. It's the same thing with confrontation. Like I avoid it, mm -hmm. and and then <laughs> things just develop and get worse. So I, I did at some point wish that I had you know thought about things earlier. But then, then I will say as well that I did ask God for an opportunity to do something. In what situation? So I asked God to help me move forward in a way that glorifies Him because. So before I got the job, I wanted to I wanted to move forward in evangelism and ministry, but I didn't feel ready for that, and I felt like I needed to go through the whole thing first. There were different uh, experiences I had, you know, where I did some evangelism in Prague, but I felt like I, there was some other purpose for me. So I asked God to use me. I think I told you this, right? No. I asked God to use me, and He used me, and He put me in this kindergarten. Like that's why that's the conflict I had in the beginning. Like I wanted to quit. Mm -hmm. when, when, when I first started, like, September. And then Sarah was uh, just, you know, convincing me otherwise. She said, no, you need to, like, stand your ground. You need to learn to work with people like this. I agreed with her because, again, confrontation, but also hope. And what I ended up doing was staying. And I really, even going there, I did not know what my purpose was. I kept asking God, like, why am I here? There has to be something because that was the whole thing. I wanted to do something for God. I wanted to do something, bring someone to Christ because I want to glorify him. And it just seemed like there, it was like bare, you know, like nothing was happening. There was just all this abuse and I was like, what is going on? Why am I in this situation? And then I met Sarah, right? And that whole thing changed. And then one day we were sitting in the nap room and she was telling me, and she's like, you know, my husband told me I look really ugly today. And I said, like, what do you mean? She said, I don't know. He told me I look homeless. 
and she's beautiful. I mean, mm. this woman is absolutely stunning. Like, I have never, period. You cannot fight that. Brazilian girl. Damn, like, she's yeah. so pretty. Long hair, beautiful eyes, and her smile, too. It's, like, glowing. Like, bubbly personality. Very bubbly. And very, like, healthy looking, you know? Mm. But I started to notice different, like, body language throughout our time together. So, at mm. first, it was really bubbly, and I was like, she's really happy all the time. Mm. Found out later on that she was doing like taking pills and stuff to make her feel better, and I and I realized okay, there's something here. There has to be. Husband's kind of making comments about her. I won't say more of that, but her husband's making comments about her every other day, making her feel bad. That's self-esteem, right? That's some verbal abuse. And at first, came okay, maybe jokingly like, ha you like you look homeless. Like <laughs> I don't know how that would be nice, but if you have an inside joke with someone, it might be normal, right? I could say that to my boyfriend as a joke, and then he could say it back to me, whatever. But it, it got worse and worse. Another time we were in the nap room, because she joined me there a lot for the breaks, we were doing like an invoice thing, because she needed help on one of the trade license sheets. Mm-hmm. And she was like, ah, you know, I'm just kind of sad. And I was like, what, what's going on? And she's like, I don't know, like, ah, you know, he's just really mean. Is it a good time? Yeah, sorry if I keep looking over there. I'm oh, just I'm just checking. checking. Yeah. I don't want to like go over a time thing. No, 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 there's no time thing. I'm just checking and it's still okay. recording by looking. Sorry, carry on. Okay. <laughs> um, and I, I, I had multiple conversations with her where she was telling me little bits and I slowly began to piece it together. But I didn't hold back from going to my Bible study and asking every single person, I was like, pray for this person, pray for this person, because I knew somewhere, somehow, this wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Something bad was going on. She arrived to work one day, and I could tell she had been crying. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, my husband hit me. And I said, where? She, on the leg. He got really angry because I opposed his opinion. And the thing about Sarah is she's very, very humble. She's a very quiet, sweet person, very bubbly, but she can also be very reserved. Mm-hmm. And there were days where I noticed where she didn't take her tablets, and she was miserable. And she's crying, and it was hard. Through that period, we also prayed, where I felt the Holy Spirit come onto me and say, you need to pray for her right now. We sat there in the nap room, held hands, and we prayed for her situation. We continued to pray. She came back, so things improved. Then things would get worse. Continued to pray. In the kitchen, when no one was around, just suddenly stopped praying. Or in the staff room, upstairs, just suddenly stopped praying for her. And it was, it was like all of the prayer that we did, it was never like we prepared for it. It was just there. It just happened. I said, I, I need to pray for you right now. Just like that. Continued, continued. She was still going through the abuse. It got worse. Where her husband was kicking her out of her home. That's why when her hours got reducted, I was mad. Mm-hmm. Because she literally had nothing. Mm-hmm. That's why this came about. Because I'm angry. Mm-hmm. But that's like a, a situation where I, I was able to recognize, okay, God sent me here for a reason. There is a reason I'm in this place. And slowly but surely, Vivian started to disappear, and Sarah also started to disappear. <laughs> Whatever, it doesn't matter anymore. But I, I tried to, I tried to like contact her more, but she had just gone really quiet, and that really worried me because I thought something bad had happened. I went back to my Bible study. I said, guys, it's gone quiet, but we need to pray for it. And continued. I went to different churches around Prague and prayed for it. Um, PCF, ICP, and these are different churches in Prague, by the way. And 
still nothing. Just quiet. Just going to work. Kind of forgot about it. Put it to the back of my mind because there was no response. I waited. And then she comes back one day and she's like, I'm back. And I was like, so what's going on? And there it was. She told me she had the courage to leave her husband. Just like that. Which is what I've been praying for. Courage. Bravery. Which is what we had been praying for. Courage and bravery. And so, I don't know. Whether you believe in God or not, prayer helps. It pushes someone forward. So that's just like a situation where I saw my purpose happen in this person's life. And I knew that God wanted me to work somehow there for him. It wasn't about me. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, I have a purpose now, Ooh, which it was at first. I was like, ha, 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 you know, so cool. And then it transformed to something completely different. So much darker, so much deeper, and had so much more substance. And I woke up, and I was like, okay, this is not about me. This is about someone. This is completely, like, deep and different. Someone who's much older than me, who is going through something much deeper and harsher than I am or have ever been through. So now she's, she's going through this motions of leaving him. And I'm continuing to pray for her, but it's that strength that comes from prayer and like being there. And that's the mental health aspect of it. Prayer provides hope. That's something I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. That prayer provides hope for people and affirmation that it's going to be okay. If you continue to work forward towards a better goal. So, yeah, that was that was my purpose. And then when I recognized I had nothing, I said, Lord, why am I here still? Like, <laughs> this is getting worse. <laughs> I hate it. I was like... I was sitting on my bed at 3 in the morning like, Jesus, I don't want to do this anymore. Please take me out. Two weeks later, I wake up. It's the 30th. Mm. And in my mind, I hear it. I think I told you all this. I even came early. Mm. I heard it. I was like, you're quitting today. Okay, I'm quitting today. I got up and I went. And y'all saw me. I came in. It was like, what, 8.30 a.m. or mm-hmm. earlier than that. And I typed up my resignation. I had not even typed it up yet. I typed it up, put it on the table. like two sentences, <laughs> copy, paste from online. And that was it. Finished. Because I also felt that my purpose there was done. Mm-hmm. God needed me to leave that. And then I asked for confirmation on that. And I heard that. I woke up and it was the first thing that came to my mind. I said, you're quitting today. Final. When you said you asked for confirmation on that. How do you mean? I was, I was like, Lord, I don't want to be there anymore. <laughs> I was begging him. I was like, I don't want to be in this job, and I don't know how to confront people. I don't <laughs> I'm messing up so bad with this. It's okay. It's okay. There's uh, the wonderful world of editing. True. Yeah. Okay, thank you. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not normally I don't do it, but in this case, in this case, because you it's a bit more personal. name dropping. <laughs> <laughs> fucking mad you just like you know what I'm leaving I don't care I'm outing you all on the podcast I mean there is this, there is a side of it where you think are they actually going to listen to it like realistically yeah but you still have to be careful yeah that, there's, there's, this is one of the, one of my struggles is like I believe that you have the right to talk about absolutely anything okay yeah you can talk about anything because everything is just conversations it's just, it's just there it's just words coming out of your mouth right. you just going to another person and hey. putting these words together and <laughs> telling your story. And realistically, this is my nihilistic point of view. Yeah, I it's see like, this. It's just words. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. You could say, realistically, it doesn't matter because it technically does it. <laughs> there, there, it's there, like, yeah. Hope versus nihilism. That's you, hilarious. You could be like, does it matter? Like, really? <laughs> and, and, you know, it's... If you are going through a shit situation and somebody has done you bad, <laughs> do you have the do you have the right to to talk about it? 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah you do. Yeah. That's, why, that's why the owner of the kindergarten was so mad. Because <laughs> we spoke about stuff that they didn't want to hear. The truth? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing about your nihilistic point of view, right? If nothing matters, then you wouldn't talk about it. Technically. But if you yeah. talk about it, a result is risen from that speaking about it. So mm. that's the catalyst. I'd say hope is the catalyst. And nihilism is just the other option. Right? It's not like a bad thing. It's just mm. not going to provide the result you need. Right? Like morally speaking, if you want to stand your ground or hold your dignity in place or keep the integrity of your character, you're going to say something. Mm. And it's like, it's like Sarah standing up to her husband. That's, in, that's, that's hope right there. Mm-hmm. And she needed that hope to move forward. But the nihilistic mindset could have had the same result, right? She could be like, I don't care, divorce, goodbye. But she had a lot of other things like her daughter, money, mm-hmm. all these, which you have to have hope for in that case. That, so this type of thinking actually helped me with leaving because I was just, I was just like, oh, money-wise. My, my situation in my head was like, I'll stay till June and then I'm going to be, I'm going to be in a better financial situation. I'm going to have this amount of money but then I, I I do this and then I snap out of it and I'm like what am I talking about <laughs> Mika I come up to you why are you still <laughs> well it's because like my, my whole I'd say my personality and approach is like yeah it doesn't matter it's like it's all about doing the right thing but mm-hmm. then I get also stuck in the bullshit where it's like <laughs> oh what about this and this and this yeah yeah the petty um, stuff Right. I, I wouldn't say the petty stuff but you just start thinking about shit pretty much like I start thinking because relative uh, not relative but my girlfriend's uh, basically rel- let's just say a relative basically is part of that uh, job that I have and you do start thinking oh what about this what about yeah this? how is it all interconnected and it's my my issue or what I what I'm trying to just, what I'm just trying to deal with is going like well if I just speak the truth then I'm not doing anything wrong true that is true though in that situation but they subjective Hmm? Or it's subjective, right? It's oh yeah, it depends on what truth you speak. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I mean, yeah, that is true. I mean, I, I'm not, I can't really think of a situation where telling the truth is bad. But there are pro- there are probably a lot of situations where like bluntly, without grace and tact, telling the truth. Okay, so my friend who was on the podcast on the last episode, he put a pretty strong argument. Of saying like, well, telling the truth isn't always going to be a good thing. Right. You can argue it's probably ethically the right thing, but let's say you've got Jews in your basement and you're living in Nazi Germany. This is this is what he said. Okay, and you know, the SS come to your door and they ask, "Have you got Jews?" Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm thinking about the kindergarten. <laughs> 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 and they, they could say, have you got any have you got any Jews? And you say, um, no, and you lie. Mm. That's a good lie. Right. I mean, from a Christian standpoint, I think they have a different perspective on that. Okay. So, basically, this is hardcore because I think a lot of people... This is the main question, that if you go and evangelize in the streets in Prague... What does this mean, by the way? Evangelism is yeah. basically where you go out... And I'm explaining it in a really paraphrased way. <laughs> you go out, you speak to people... And you tell them about God, mm-hmm. you tell them about Christ, and you, you bring them to some conclusions, right? Questions get asked, and you explain things about the Bible. And there have been so many cases I've seen where people have, like, <laughs> just given their hearts to Christ. 
Mm. Like, just like that in the street. So that's just an example, like, of evangelism. You're going out and you're preaching the word of God. You're not actually going out to convert people. That's the main point. It's not to convert people. You don't have that power. It's not your decision. Mm -hmm. But if God calls you to talk to somebody, you go and you talk to them and you're like hey you know this is about this is about god da, 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 da. and sometimes you have your bible and i mean i bring my daily bread everywhere which is like a devotional and you explain or you have cards from the church and you say like contact the church if you have questions da, da, da. and some people do and it's that's how it functions it's just to get people to understand a different point of view sometimes it's not even just about like you need to believe in god like that's bible punching you know you don't do that it's just explaining like this is what christianity is about Da da da. Like, there are different, I think there are different ways you can approach it. My approach is just, I like to go in the street and speak to people. It's like really strange. You've done that yeah. before. There, were, there was a case where a woman gave her life to God. It was like the middle of the night. She sacrificed herself in front of me. Lol, no. <laughs> Yo, okay, wait, let me explain this. <laughs> before <laughs> whoever's listening to like, horrible question. No, but she didn't do that. So, um, I mean, it's a kind of a long story. I can Fire get into it, is a... But we were on a topic, mm -hmm. and I don't want to lose that topic. Yeah. Uh, the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just don't All worry right. about it. Don't worry about it. So, basically what happened was my friend and I, my friend from Zimbabwe, we were just, that's not even relevant, but we were walking, and uh, she said to me, we had been hanging out all night in this other apartment. I was, look, I was house-sitting for someone, and she said I could invite people, so I invited my friend to watch a movie. And we were really hungry, and we had been trying all night to order food, and it was just not working on dummy evil. It was not happening. That's the food service in Prague. And we were so frustrated. We spent like a whole hour on there, and everything was closed. And that the one place that was open was the Schwama place that is open all the time. So we were like, you know what, we're going to get one of those huge like rafts. It's going to be great. So we go, and we're like trekking up the hill. We get there, and it's closed. Even though online it said it's open. Mm -hmm. We were mad. And then she's like, you know what? Let's just go to our, like my place, which is up the road. We live in the exact same neighborhood, so it's easy that way. Let's just go make toasted sandwiches because we're like really hungry. Like, we're willing to eat anything. And so we go and we get into her place. And she's like, by the way, um, I wanted to give you something. We eat. And she's like, I have this daily bread. It's this book right here. And uh, she gave me an older version. This is a new one. So it's the same collection. This is just 2018. That one's 2014. And she's like, I don't know, I just want to give it to you. Like, I have, like, five of them, and, like, I don't read them anymore because I've read all of them. So here you go. So I'm like, thank you, that's so sweet. And I don't know what I opened, but I opened it to a page, and I had read a devotional, and it applied to a situation that we were in, and we were just like, wow, this is amazing, you know. I, would, I was asking God for a devotional, which was true. I was asking him for a devotional, and there it was. We're both happy about it. Move forward. Here we eat. We leave. We're walking down the street, and I'm, like, going on about this devotional. I'm so happy about it. And I look forward, and there's this woman in front of us on the steps. She's got all of her stuff there. She's got huge plastic bags full of clothes and objects, I don't know, whatever stuff she has at home, probably in those bags. And she's sitting on the steps of like a hairstyle, um, of a hairstyle, I don't know what you call it, like a hair saloon, right? Hair salon. Yeah. Not saloon. It's <laughs> yeah. like cowboys coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, salon. And she's just sitting there, and she's just like not really doing anything. She's just chilling and we keep walking and suddenly if i'm remembering correctly she says ladies do you know the time and my friend turns around and she's like oh yeah da, 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 da. it's like i think it was like 11 o'clock or something like this and she's like oh thank you thank you thank you and like you know, we keep walking we're like what 
and she and she's kind of freaking us out now because she's got like this really raspy voice and us being the humans that we are we're like okay could be dangerous it's the middle of the night you know we don't know what's going to happen so we kind of stopped then she goes ladies 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 uh can you tell me and we're like we, we told you the time she's like no, no no like she starts talking to us how she went to college and she failed and just like but like this is like from 10 meters away like she's talking to us still so we start to move forward to her and she gets up and she starts to come to us and she starts telling us about her life how she gambled away all her money and her then she went and she made money and now she takes heroin and then she met someone who then stole all her money and like she tells us her whole life story comes out she's part of a sect what is that it's like an occult i think mm -hmm. and she said like it's like church of scientology or okay. something that she's like become a part of like she's like learned about it and stuff like this and she's trying to tell us about it so we're like okay and she and she starts like pacing backwards and forwards to us so we're like keeping our distance because now she seems unstable mm -hmm. we don't know if she's high we don't know if she's drunk it could be anything so we keep listening and and i'm holding my devotional I'm like okay i'm like and i start talking to god and i'm like lord um i don't know what's happening here but can you please protect us because i started to feel really afraid because she was pacing faster and faster now and she she kept talking and talking and talking i don't even remember what she was saying but she just kept going and my friend started like nudging me like let's go sorry getting creepy and this woman kept going and i said i just i just said no we need to wait and i kept waiting and then i heard a voice in my head saying no wait 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 and i said no lord i feel unsafe i want to go home wait just what i kept hearing so i waited and she got closer and closer and just like that i heard the voice in my head you need to pray for this woman so I asked this woman, I said, do you want prayer? She's like, no, I don't want prayer. Okay, leave it. She keeps going, she keeps going, keeps going, 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 going. I'm like, again, ask again, do you need prayer? Would you like us to pray with you? Because now she's telling us her whole life. She's pouring out everything, how her kids left her. She has nothing. She's basically homeless. And I, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, I don't want to. I'm like, okay, okay, my friend's like, let's go, let's go. I'm like, no, 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 we need to wait here. I'm terrified but I don't want to move, I feel frozen. And she keeps going and I say, I hear it in my head again, you need to pray for her. So I ask again. Sorry for laughing. My stomach, yeah. <laughs> it's like, It's going to be perfect timing, you're like, and I hear it in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really hoping, I'm really hoping. No, I was going to laugh too, and I was like, sorry, hold it together, you're telling a really serious yeah. experience. Um, sorry. <laughs> it's fine. You didn't mean to do it. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> Telling my stomach yeah. to make the noise. Yeah. Um, it's all orchestrated, you know. Uh, so I hear it again in my voice, uh, in my head, like this voice in my head telling me, you need to pray for her. So I do it. I'm like, do you need prayer? <laughs> like, in my, I didn't say it like that, but in my mind, I'm thinking like, God, like I'm starting to get really scared now because she's get, she started pacing closer and closer to us and it was getting more and more aggressive. And my friend was freaking out because she's just like walking away slowly behind me. She's like clutching her purse. And I, I said like, I said, do you need prayer? And she was like, yes. Mm -hmm. And she went silent. And I said, okay, come here. I set myself, my, my stuff down. We went to her and I, I said, Joanne, would you like to pray? Edit. <laughs> would you like to pray? And she said, okay. She was going to pray. And this woman cut her off and said, no you need to pray. I was like, yeah, me. And I was like, <laughs> like, I don't pray for people. Like I was like, cause I was so shy. I, even though God was telling me you need to pray for this person, I was like, I'll just transfer it to my friend. Like, I'm not going to do it. You know, like it's too scary. No, you're going to pray. And it was dead, dead in my eyes that she was going to 
tell me that she told me that and it was just like so it wasn't aggressive it was just like blunt you know so I put my hand on her my friend put her hand on her other shoulder and we started to pray I don't remember exactly what I said and this is the strange part I started praying for deliverance that's the topic that I remember praying for deliverance for her life and divine intervention is when the Lord comes and he intercedes in your life in a way that is um, what do you call it like like holy I guess where he where he changes the path of your life but he makes it known that it was him who did it and I start praying for that blackout I don't remember like a bunch of that and open my eyes again and this woman is on the floor on her knees crying and she looks at me and she's like I can see Jesus in your eyes I'm like I close my eyes again and I start praying I continue I continue I continue and I open my eyes again again blackout and and then she just stands up and she hugs me and she's like thank you and then she just started pacing away from me and she's like thank you thank you thank you and I was like okay like I, I I didn't remember it I blacked out like that that information is gone from my brain and then I'm walking down and my friend's completely quiet she's just like wow like quiet and no one's saying anything which is unusual for us because we're always talking no one shut up and she's dude you were speaking in tongues like straight up like just like I don't even I don't even know what you're saying you're just speaking in tongues and that's it. I don't know what happened. Like, that's the one experience that I can't explain. It's just, it's one of those things where, like, that day, by the way, and sorry, <laughs> it's a long story. It's fine. Now we go back to the beginning of the day, okay, where I had contacted a friend who was suffering with anorexia, and I said to her, um, do you need prayer? And uh, she's part of Islam. So I said to her, like, do you feel comfortable with me because I'm Christian? I don't know if you feel comfortable with that. And she said, no, of course. So I prayed with her over a voice note. But I remember waking up in a really foul mood. But then praying for my friend, I felt bad because I was in such a bad mood for it. But why did I choose to do that? I prayed and it opened my heart. And then I decided, you know what? I need to worship the Lord. So I put on the song. I forgot what the song was. I'm trying to remember it. But it was, I think it was Amazing Grace. But it was like the remixed version of it. And I just like was on the floor on my knees and I was just singing the song and I started praying and I was just like embedded like not embedded like uh, engulfed in love from God and I can't explain that love it is just so it's like a phenomenal feeling you can't take you, it's like I don't know how to explain it it's it's like it's like I could almost see him right there that's how real it was to me like I I could almost feel him and I remember thinking that God don't leave me. And I was like begging him. And I said to him, I want you to use me today. I'm, I was telling him, I'm like, I'm worthless. I'm completely useless compared to the endless things that he's done for this planet, for this universe. And I know that. I know that I've done really bad things, right? And I know that obviously relative to some people, but I know that I've messed up all this stuff, but I want you to use me for your glory. I need to do something for you. I need to glorify you because it's not about me. This is about you. It comes back to the thing about Sarah, right? Where the purpose extended from this experience. And I basically fell to the floor. Like I was on my knees, but I fell to the floor. And I just cried my eyes out. Like I was just bursting in tears and I was begging him to use me. And then I, I just, I was shaking. That's how much it, like that's how much I was shaking. Like it's just like, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't actually get a grip of what was happening. I was just so engulfed with love. And then I felt really warm. 
and happy because that was different. So I went from completely foul mood to just just phenomenal thing that happened. So I'd ask God to use me that very day. And then later on in the evening, this happens. And I'm like, what the heck? So that just connected. Just, what? I don't even, we were talking about truth. I don't know how I got here. But that's that's just the timeline. So, and that was pretty early in one. I was like eight, nine. How old were you? That was, I think that was last year. That was 2021. That was right, that was like before I started at this job. So that was pretty recent experience. And... What does that provide you with? I don't know. Just a means to glorify God. A pathway. A lit up pathway. It's basically saying, this is a path for you. And I want you to take it. I asked him for it. I said, I'm useless. I'm worthless. I need you. I need you to show me what to do next. I want you to use me completely. And he (laughs) literally did. And that's what happened. He lit up a pathway for me. Do you feel like so when you're feeling hopeless and worthless, that providing uh, whatever it was that you provided, this, this prayer for this woman, and potentially making their life better, fills you with um, a sense of meaning and purpose? I think it's less of in the moment and more that knowledge that I'm doing God's work. This is not about me, though, because it's about this woman. Right, that's that's kind of the whole thing, where like that whole perspective turns onto that person instead of you. Mm-hmm. That was the mistake I made coming to the kindergarten, where I was in. F- One second, sorry, I really just walked over. <laughs> All good. So, we're on the top out. So I was telling you the conversation started from truth. You were mm-hmm. telling me about how like sometimes telling the truth isn't always the best thing, and then we somehow got to this where I told you about I gave you the testimony of this mm-hmm. woman where she collapsed in the street. And she saw Jesus and I like blacked out. I don't remember the prayer and it were tongues and stuff like that. So that's where we got to. And I was just explaining how what happened in the day before that, you know, like in the morning and how that was just weirdly connected to mm-hmm. this. Like the string of events happened. It's just strange, you know, but at the same time, not so strange. Like it was meant to happen. Right. So that, that little blink thing you're talking about from the universe. Mm-hmm. I guess that's, that's like how it is for me, looking from this point of view, right? From your religious perspective, you're saying that's. Uh, I yeah, it, I guess it's similar because. Sorry, <laughs> your it's, moment. It's alright, it's alright, it's fine. It's similar because I'm saying that I, I have moments where I'm like, I have a moment of realization. Sorry, a moment of realization or. Something might happen, and it as say it's like a wink from the universe, saying like, "Oh yeah, but you you're actually interested in this. Why are you focusing so much of your time on this stupid shit that you don't really care about?" Yeah, yeah. Whereas you are having spiritual, religious experiences with people by praying. I I understand it is similar. It's not the same thing. It's not. Yeah, I don't say it's the same thing, but you could you could argue that it's still. Is guiding us both. Like you're getting guided by that. I'm getting guided by something else. And for me, it's what I find interesting. Mm. It's really good. Coffee. The coffee's really yeah, good. It's good yeah. isn't it? <laughs> See, this is the benefit of uh, a first world country. 
you know. It gets into this topic, let's go. No, I mean, I mean, it's the little things that you can appreciate. Oh, like, yeah, for sure. The fact sure. that I used to, it's such a champagne issue, you know, to have, oh, I've got to have ready instant coffee. Ugh. To go from that to a coffee machine is a big upgrade. And I'm, you know, I'm living champagne lifestyle at the moment. When that, in the morning, they had one, I had one before work, I was like, <laughs> you just wake up. Yeah. See, but the difference between you and somebody who is entitled to this coffee machine, right? They feel they're entitled to it. <laughs> you wake up and you're like, "Wow!" Can do like the advert for it. You do like yeah. they can show like a, they can show like a promotion of your whole life, and then you get this coffee machine. Every day you wake up, it's like, "Oh yes, <laughs> good day, good everything." The, the well, then you get to work. Oh, and it's just I sit having the coffee and I'm like, "Oh, yeah, I'm having the coffee," and I'm like, "As the coffee getting." Lower and lower, I realize I've got to go walk. The, the realization tram. continues yeah. to skyrocket. Yeah. I've got a minute, walk on to the tram. <laughs> ah. I've got to get the metro to a job I don't like. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I do like the, the, kid, the yeah, kids. The kids are amazing. Kids are brilliant. I mean, they're all begging me not to go. I know, me too. Today was really sad. Manager heard me say to the kids during the dance class that I was like, Ciao. Yeah, that I was leaving. <laughs> And I think that's why she quickly rushed in. And she was like, "Thank you, thank you." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I felt a little bit bad because they're trying to, kind of damage control. Yeah. yeah. Don't. It's basically is it an impeachment on speech because it's like you can only speak at this exact point, and it's like yeah. you have to. It's going to get. We signed documents. Sorry, I continue. I interrupted you. It's controlled and mitigated that we must announce it to the. You know why you're telling me was the client. Kids' parents. Did you see clients? I was yeah. like, mm, lady. It's kids' parents. Yeah, you got down clients. Um, oh, yeah, uh, manager. Uh, <laughs> blur out. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of editing for this. Time. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> when you invite your colleague on you. Um, it's like, forget it's here. And then it's uh, yeah, it's, it, I think this is the benefit of having a mic rather than the camera. I think the, like the video camera. For sure, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, Especially for me. I hate like pictures and everything. So I'm just like, yeah. Why is that? I don't know. And the thing is, I've had people tell me, oh, you're a steam as well. Like, I take pictures all the time if I want to. But I just don't like them. I don't like the, the idea, like, being on camera somewhere. Like, at the kindergarten, they're trying to get me to be in that video. <laughs> you were whistling. They're trying to get me. <laughs> they're trying to get me in there. And I was like, I, t I said to the manager, I was like, no. And she, w she looked like, <laughs> how can you? I was like, I just don't feel comfortable. Just not my thing. Yeah. I don't like it. Even even my boyfriend, when we were together, like in person, wanted to take so many pictures of me. I was like, yeah. we can take some. And that was just like me, like the exception to the extreme, because I really don't like them. Yeah. I guess I have a, a nihilistic view on this as well. I, I went through a stage where I was like, oh, just fucking accept photo of everything. Mm. And it, it's true in, in a way, but. It's after watching Into the Wild. <laughs> Uh, no, it was even before that. It was with my my ex girlfriend because she would just take photos of every like not everything. Okay, that's mm, an exaggeration. Coffee. Just just like, yeah. and I was like, why do you do that? Like, why do you, yeah, like, why do you need to photo? Why do you need to get a photo of that? And it's, I guess so because I guess it could be linked to the to the to the relationship itself. Oh yeah, definitely. This is like the unhappiness in general. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, there was yeah that probably made me more miserable than yeah. I'd like to admit. Actually, I would admit it. I was just a miserable bastard during that period of my life. It tends to be that way. It kind of overextends itself into your into your personal health. Yeah. 
Well, as I think you, everyone's got a certain amount of attention span. And yeah. When your attention span's getting taken up by uh, toxic people or just a situation that's awful. You know all about that. Your brain's just consumed with Mm. shite and then you're thinking about shit all the time and it's like, essentially it doesn't matter. Yeah, true. And it took me a while to break out from that. I remember so, with my ex-girlfriend, it was just so dramatic from the the get-go. Really? Oh, yeah. That is probably the main thing that I look back on my life and just be like, what the fuck was I doing? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Imagine you have like a movie playing and you just watch and you're like, who is this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is he doing? It went from... So I was very sociable. Still am, still, still quite now. You're just really laid back now. I I, I, yeah, I mean, sociable. I was laid back then. Still, I think I've always had quite a laid, laid back attitude, but I got in this relationship. And so I never had a girlfriend until I was 18. And for me, it was like, yeah, so I've got a girlfriend. Yeah. I, I, it's like the ego, I was like, yeah, I've got this girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, she Especially because like, you haven't really, like, gone out into the world yet, right? To, like, go yeah. travel and things like that. So you don't know, you're just, like, happy that... Yeah, so I was 18, and then I'd finished college, and I just had this feeling, like, oh, wow, I could do anything. I could do anything that I want to. And that's beneficial, because you can't... Put mindset, you can do anything. Obviously, there's people in situations that are awful mm. that stop them from progressing in their lives. But for sure. I just had this liberating feeling that I was free from college. They had the advantage, right? The, the advantage in that. Yeah. It's really good. And I was supposed to go to university. I didn't end up going to university. I was working at the butchers full time. So I was 18, earning, let's say, £300 a week on average. So that's. Nine thousand crowns a week Oof. at eighteen. That's basically what, well, kind of what we're making now, right? Mm-hmm. When we we make like eight thousand eight hundred and fifty or something, like eight hundred, eight thousand, like eight thousand and a half, I don't know, yeah, something like that. And to earn that at that age with no responsibilities, it was like, hey, let's yeah. go. And it was, I was very, I like to party. <laughs> sorry that's so hard to see i don't know why really yeah because you're so mature like in the way that you present yourself it's like you have an eloquence to you so to me to imagine you're doing like the whole mm. oh yeah <laughs> then you sing that song pump it up i'm like okay wait <laughs> <laughs> hold on a minute yeah. well we actually just had so my girlfriend sent me uh, a voice note this morning and she'd spoken to her auntie about one of my family members who's going through a rough time at the moment and she was explaining it and while she was explaining it she said that i've done like cocaine in the past and was explaining it to her mum and the mum was a bit taken back from it like what and i think she didn't know what cocaine was and she thought like it was something to do with heroin mm-hmm. there was a lot but basically i got a voice message saying like, oh, i hope you don't mind I'm like, ah, i don't mind i don't really care it's just yeah it is what it is it is what it is what they can't do anything about Spilt it. milk that's what we say at home Spilt milk it's just the truth. It's like yeah. I mean, it as long as someone doesn't completely change their opinion on it, then I, I don't like don't turn their back on you and just be like, oh well, no. That's cancel culture, right? Just yeah. Like, I don't accept what you've been through. I judge you exactly on that experience. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. I don't care. <laughs> so that's we had that today, and then I was like, oh, I'm not mad. You're just talking about it. It's just words. Yeah. It's just an experience, and. 
So I was 18, getting all this money, partying, like mad, doing, hanging around with people who probably had a negative influence on me. But I was 18, I thought, ah, oh, yeah, let's go crazy. And then I ended up getting in this relationship. And I was like, oh, yes, first, first relationship, it's going to be very good. And I, I, I like the idea. You romanticized it. Yes, I romanticized But you do that in your first relationship, though. I did that. Very naive at that moment, Sam. And so what happened, it was, it's hilarious to think about that. Like, looking back on it, it's like, oh, this is why I, I say, like, I can't believe that I was in that relationship. It's so <laughs> it's bizarre. Like, who are you? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. What? Are you just kind of like, oh, what was I thinking? <laughs> um, it's like, I think we were together, you know, we say officially together now. It's like, you, I don't know, well, mm. you're, you have quite a serious relationship than the get girl, don't you? So you're like, yes. with your religion, it's very, like, I think, I mean, it was even less about religion. It was just mm. like our values lined mm. up. And when your values line up with someone, I think that that increases, you know, like the likelihood that you're going to stay together and have a healthy relationship. Mm. Like, of course, you have bad moments. Everybody does, right? Moments where you don't always enjoy the company of somebody else and you need to be alone and all that stuff. But I think that it was serious, but not as serious as it is now. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess what what the what that happens now in the UK. UK is like you go through a stage where you're like speaking to somebody, so you're like texting them, and you don't maybe go for a few dates, oh, and then okay. it gets like official. And that happened, but then when it got official, you know, I was seeing a big fucking Soviet <laughs> Union flag waving, you know what I mean? I could not this big red flag, <laughs> and it was like red flag, and it, you know, talking about issues in in her growing up, and it was you know when she had like she was an orphan. Ooh, and it was just okay. a, so there's that abandonment. Oh, it was it was it was a mess, and I, I still to this day feel completely sorry for. But then it was like I was get I started to get cheated on, yeah, and it was like <clears throat> so it happened the first time, and I was my head, my head fell off, and I was I was getting to a point where I was upset. I was crying every night, and I was mm. like, oh, and I started visioning this exact person who cheated on me with doing it. I was having nightmares about that happening. Yeah, because it, it it makes it's like. Basically, like she's telling you, your worth means nothing to her, mm -hmm. right? Uh, then, like the situation or the story changed, mm -hmm. and it was like he raped me. On like these accusations were coming out, and it was like it was just messy. The whole relationship she's trying was trying to avoid accountability for it. Yeah, because she felt bad for hurting you, but didn't really care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, a lot of it was the blame was never. Yeah, the accountability was never taken, so the blame I took myself. Yeah, you tend yeah. to do that when you want to save the when you want the survival of the relationship. That's like I call that like resuscitation because you're trying to bring it back. Yeah. You're trying to keep it alive all the time. And so I had that. I felt really sorry for it, mm. and that that was my issue was rather than doing what I thought would be the right thing, which was just break up with her. Actually, no, sorry, that was the truth. The truth was I wanted to break up with her, but I focused on what I believed to be the right thing. And the right thing was I must stay with her because she has no no family. I have to do this. I have to provide. You're taking responsibility for her, right? Yeah, I took on way too much responsibility for her. I ended up getting cheated on around about five times <laughs> over the course of a two-year like two relationship. Oh, that's hardcore, dude. Oh, but then word. you end up like going, okay, well, Oh, you know, okay, I'll let you back and do mm. it. It's just stupid. 
And now it's so funny because you just like once you get out of that, it's like whoa. I mean, you're in a, something healthy, and it's like it's nice. Yeah, it's nice it's to clean. be able to just speak without making somebody snap. And I, I, I still think it would probably necessary to go through that experience with somebody because mm. it changed my na- naive perspective on the world. Yeah. People, people can be a bad situation. Mm. Doesn't mean that they can treat you the same way that they've been treated in their it's life. True. Yeah, the, it's like the, the abused become the abuser. Hurt people hurt people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and I, it took me a while. Like, So we split up, and then so like we carried on seeing each other for a little bit. It's kind of that, like, uh, stepping away, but still mm-hmm. looking at the person. Yeah, and it's, mm-hmm. it's the most idiotic idea. When you look back and you think, oh, yeah. Yeah, we can make it work out. <laughs> it's just like that's that resuscitation. Now the yeah. thing's dead, and you've got to go back to yeah. the morgue, and you keep checking if maybe it came back to life, but it's just not coming back to life. I think it's, it's your ego as well. Like you, realistically, yeah, you, oh, you, you, it's a stubborn pride. Yeah, it's a pr- you want the pride that you you can change this person, you've made this person better. Yeah. But it took me a while to break out of that, and then so we kept, we just at one point it just kind of it just naturally ended. It's a waste of your time too. Waste, yeah, it's just waste. Bad about that. And so at the time I didn't have social media. I deleted all my social media. I was really fat because I was drinking a lot. I was going out Friday, Saturday, Sunday and just getting smashed, like drinking 10 pints of beer. Is that like the culture in England, right though? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. That's what I've heard from people who go there and go through high school and then they end up high school. I've heard the same story. People like drink a lot and they go partying a lot. Seems like to be like a, a norm, a yep. social norm. Well, when I was 16, I actually ended up in hospital for drinking. Oh, that's right, you were telling me about this. That was intense. That must have been like the one experience in your life you'll never forget. Uh, I didn't take it that seriously <laughs> at, at the start. It's not, that wasn't like a, as a 16 year old, that makes sense. Yeah, I was just like, oh. it, it, it just happened. Like, I had a crate of beer and I shared vodka with we had we had it was like a facebook event mm. of this girl's field party so she's having a party on the field it's it so bizarre but it was like a little phase that people went through from where we lived we were just <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> i'm just thinking about like everyone's like yeah the party and then you see like little frogs sitting there like yo like this is my territory what are y'all doing in this field it's funny to me i don't know why <laughs> what if it's money yeah we just didn't think that but then someone started a fire and then I, I can't I can't really remember much, but I I do remember like I was blacked out face down on the field because mm. I was just totally fucked from the alcohol that I had. And <laughs> I'm not laughing at the fact that you had alcohol poisoning. Just like I'm imagining it's like Yeah, just face down and I like I was like woke up stumbling and then there was fire everywhere but then the next time I woke up so intense the next time I woke up I was in I, I can't remember being in an ambulance all I remember is like my mum and a paramedic like walking me through the rainbow ward in Wigan and do you know what the rainbow ward is? no idea but I'm really intrigued right. continue so the rainbow ward is full of but because I was, sorry, I wasn't 16, I was nearly 16, so I was 15, so I was still classed as, like, 
a child. So you had to go through that. Yeah, I had to go. <laughs> no. So I'm walking like stumbling, like going, fuck off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. And so bad. And it was, like, my mum was laughing because it, she there was like a kid with a broken arm. One's got chicken pox. <laughs> I'm stumbling through piss. <laughs> And, yeah, but the thing, the thing is with my mum is that she. It's funny you said rainbow. Like you're that's, like, what it, well, that's what it was called. <laughs> well, yeah, it was, it was like very colourful and like imagine being at the kindergarten where 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 we are at and there's all these <laughs> colours on the wall and that's what I was walking through and then all I remember is I was I woke up and I was like oh shit <laughs> and my mum was very disappointed obviously yeah. and my son i grew up better than that yeah well i think i had this image of like the golden child i feel like my mum put a lot of like oh, he's, oh, he's the best one like, he's the best child and i, I wouldn't i think because i was the baby i was the youngest one so she put me in this like oh yeah edward's, edward's the the good one nothing will go wrong with edward turns 15 yeah <laughs> change and it was a week before Wigan played in the FA Cup final, so I might be lying. I might actually have been 16. That's okay. Yeah. Either 15 or 16. But you're probably 15 if you got put into the, the child section of the hospital. Maybe, maybe it was a week before or two weeks before. I can't really remember. But, so the F, it was the FA Cup final, and that's like the National Cup in England. So it's like the biggest Biggest national cup you can win in England. Over and then after that, it's like the Champions League. That's where you play teams from Europe. And I was I was really into football at that time. I went used to go to a lot of Wigan games. And my mum was like, "You're not going to that. You're not going. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to that." Oh no, it was it was two weeks before because the week after she was like, "You're not doing that." But my mum can't. The, her issue was she can't discipline properly. Really? Yeah, and <laughs> then it was like the Friday after I was at a party in the Labour Club drinking again, and then it was the week after that I ended up at the FA Cup final. But then we got, I didn't get, no, I didn't get abandoned at the FA Cup final. I'm going about that. But it was just, it was weird, and I, I actually reflected on this once I stopped drinking when I was 21. And I was like, God, from when I was like 15 or 16, I was like, that's probably not a good situation to be in at that age yeah probably bad I mean I've never been that I don't know what it feels like but I know that you're probably unconscious right with alcohol poisoning yeah they probably have to like punch your stomach to get the alcohol out so they didn't pump my stomach there was actually a, uh you did sorry yeah um everyone was like oh he's had his stomach pumped but no they, they just get they were giving me Lucozade which is a, like a sports drink yeah in England <laughs> And oh, we have that in South Africa too. Yeah, and they were just pumping sugar into me because my sh- blood sugar was so low that I was just unconscious. So they had to give just give me loads of sugar. I never got my stomach pumped. It was just giving me. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's better. Um, yeah, and I, I guess I found it funny. Realistically, I was like, "Oh, this would be funny," and then it was just I'd say that immature stage from when I was like fifteen to twenty. It was just immature. You're just trying to, you, I think it's like you were trying to figure out. Um, I mean, my boyfriend went through like like a bunch of really weird phases. Mm. And I remember them so clearly because like even through the phone, 
<laughs> it was like when we, when he was, I, I met him when I was 16. So, yeah, 16. And he was 17. Mm. So I think I just, I was, I just turned 16 as well. So I was like pretty naive as well, even though I was really smart. And he, he, had, he was 17 and he was like completely, he was very naive, right? And then, um, not, I'm not saying that as an insult, just reality. Like he's pretty naive at that age, I guess. And then like had not really experienced well. And then he went to the military mm. and it was like, Basic training just completely like threw him out. So basic training is where you go through the beginning mm-hmm. of getting into the military, and it's their way of saying like, can you can you get in? Like, are you is your body gonna be okay with everything? Is your mental health gonna be okay? So they they test every single aspect of who you are, mm-hmm. and it's just like this whole sorry that's that's my phone. Um, this whole thing is just like changed him. He went from this naive like sweet. <laughs> To this like traumatized just world flipped over and then he went to this AIT training and then his world was flipped over even more and then he met a bunch of dudes who were like oh blah, 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 you know like oh, conquer Afghanistan and they'll just oh and they say bro big dogs they say stuff like that and then that just changed and now he is where he is now he's like way more mature but like through that whole period it was like weird just strange moments where from sweet caring kind of hard like rah, rah, and then like i don't know it's strange i've seen like all of that and there was a whole drinking phase too mm. where like he he just went to all barracks parties yeah yeah just like all bar- and he didn't really tell me about them because he knew my ass like my my point of view on parties and stuff i'm kind of like i stay away right i guess we're going with y'all to to get drinks on wednesdays but still yeah um i don't say there's partying but like no you'll enjoy just, it like, yeah. Just like being chill, yeah, you know. You, you'll enjoy that environment. It's pretty cool. Before I good, I give it the, <laughs> I I give it the, title of my favorite place in Prague. Mm. Yeah, it's it's great. But I'm, I'm glad that it's like uh that it's allowed. We should avoid this topic. <laughs> no, unvaccinated people. You can yeah we can we can talk. About <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I mean, is there a title? It's gonna be like Christianity. Unvaccinated no. military plus the, also the title is just y- your name, just so podcast sign. Nice, yeah, so I like you, that. So you can just talk about whatever that works, whatever you want to. Um, yeah, well, so it's I think it's Russian or Ukrainian owned. Now, that is I should probably get that's a weird na- that I should get the nationality right because I feel like evil one. Ukrainians are proud to be Ukrainians and Russians are proud to be Russians. I don't That's know. true. It's just, it's an interesting place. There's That's all I'm going to say. Pride. Yeah. And it's it's owned by either Ukrainian or Russian. I don't know. But it's brilliant. They've got acoustic guitars on the walls, electric guitars, piano. Wow. Plugged in. You can, you can go in there, you can jam. That's so cool. Yeah. It's, oh, it's amazing. And actually, it's one of the places that so I, I found it through my own search i was speaking to people at danny's gig actually and this german guy called david was telling me oh you should come to medium 43 on a wednesday such have, a cool name too they have jams and i was like oh, okay yeah i'll go and i was just hooked i'm like oh this is great it's like the coffee yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's my favorite it's it's such a cool place to go to and it's just laid back i'm excited to go there 
One time I invited this guy from who I met at the Globe, which is an American owned bookstore. Yeah, I've store. been there. Yeah. I was going to work there actually during high school. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> so I had some bad experiences from the waitressing as well. Okay. But, but it's a pretty cool place. Yeah, and there was, so I was, what was happening as I found places to go with my interests with music. And me and Christine were talking and she wanted to find something mm. with her interest and her interest is you know, reading books and drawing. So we were looking for like book clubs or something to go to. And while we were there, she was looking at books. And I, I heard this British accent. I was like, yes. I was like, excuse me, you, you're <laughs> British. And then we just started talking. And he, he's a really nice guy. It's so nice though, to meet people like that. Yeah, we, we ended up still being friends, but I invited him to Medium. And it... It's one of them places you can go and it'll be amazing. Or you could go and it's like, oh, it's, no one's there. I walked in yeah. and there's just some guy asleep in the middle of the room. Are you serious? Yeah, and I was like, oh, no, this isn't a good first impression. No. It's good though. I know there's a there's an Irish bar. It's funny, I have like one experience, but uh, I think I told y'all at work. I went to an Irish bar in Prague. Mm-hmm. It's by the Astronomical Clock. Yeah, I know which one. I think I know yeah, which one you're I talking I really about. like that place. I it's, mean... When when there was somebody who was Irish and they were playing music mm. with the windows doing the violin, it was beautiful. I really enjoyed that. But then when it got too late, it got kind of weird, so yeah. <laughs> I left. I was like, I gotta leave this place. We in England, near where I live, Liverpool. There's great scene for live music there because a lot of people came from Ireland and that culture came part of Liverpool. Right. Great. There's a street called Matthew Street, and there's always live music on. That's but so nice. Oh my god. I, I I like how lively it was the the Irish bar. It's so nice to meet new people. Lots of people from Germany as well, over there. So, you you don't drink, do you? Or do you drink? So, I'll have like uh, like uh, when I came to the kindergarten to August, I was not drinking at all because. Uh, uh, I'm okay with getting into this topic. My dad was an alcoholic mm-hmm. like my whole life, and it really affected me. I just hated alcohol from that because I watched him die from that. Like, he didn't die, but I watched him corrode himself. Mm-hmm. And so I just didn't like it. I had a bad experience. Also, the other experience with my ex just really affected me mentally um, and emotionally. I couldn't handle it. I was afraid of that happening again. So it kind of built like a complex around it. And then slowly I was like, you know what, I'm going to start chipping this off because I'm going to get to a point where I'll be in a bad situation and I'll just freak. You know, if you build too much anxiety on something or too much of a complex on something, you don't let yourself actually regulate that experience. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. if I don't ever touch alcohol and then get into a situation where, like, I drink Mm -hmm. and it flips me upside down Mm -hmm. and I don't know how to handle myself. So what I do, like, for New Year's, I had a little bit of champagne, mm. a little bit of wine. I, I even bought my own bottle of wine. And I was like, okay, I kept it in the fridge. Both my parents knew they were okay with it. I was like, whatever, it's fine. Had a little bit, like, I'd say three centimeters, and then just sipping a little bit. I didn't drink a lot, like, to get drunk. Just a little bit, a little bit, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And that, that's as much as I'm comfortable with. But, like, when it comes to people that I'm really comfortable around, like, if I went to go drink with them, I'd be comfortable. Mm. As long as I knew that I'd be safe getting home. Because in the, this current day and age, it's not, in my opinion, it's not safe to just walk out by yourself, you know. Especially for a woman. I mean, you, people can say, argue, like, oh, well, you know, women, 
seems to be it's equal. So they and it's like yeah, okay. Yeah. But realistically, realistically, we're kind of targeted. Yeah, I've seen on multiple occasions being here in Prague, creepy men just lingering around. The trains. Oh yeah. my word, it's, it's bad. You know that you know that gig we went to the first one I ever went to uh, to go see Daniel in play in the small like Spanish bar. Yeah, 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 that one, that one. And I had like lemonade. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why I didn't drink is my phone was dying as well. Because I was uncomfortable. My phone was dying, mm-hmm. and I knew going home that my phone would be dead, mm-hmm. which is a big risk. And so I couldn't call a taxi, and I couldn't do anything else. And I got on the tram. I don't know. I think I went the wrong way, but I went home by myself, and I was terrified the whole way home. Mm-hmm. Like. There was a guy staring at me, and I got off at one stop, and he got off at the same one, and he was staring at me. So I went to the other side, you know, to switch trams, and then he, like, went around and slowly appeared behind me, and I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. This is terrible. I was scared the whole I was praying. I was terrified. Yeah. Like, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Christina had pepper spray on her I keys. need to get that. Yeah. That is a good... On your keys. Yeah. That's such a good idea. And what was quite funny about it is that she forgets that she had it on her keys and then obviously she takes her keys with her on the plane and she puts it in a backpack and then she went we she didn't realize she went to Krakow they didn't even take it off she came back didn't take it off I think she went somewhere else with it yeah but they just didn't notice it but she forgot she was like oh and then when she came back oh my god how have I been able to do it and I think she did it going to England and then they took it off her. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I mean, like, it can be used <laughs> as a weapon. But we, we were just... Yeah, like, like it could be a terrorist. Yeah. And go. I mean, okay, how big is it, though? It's like six, seven... Uh, I don't know. If you if you put your fit... No. How can I describe this to people? Who I don't know. I was trying to. I was like, yeah. six centimetres. <laughs> I can't give it... Can't give it an accurate. Maybe the size of like a normal key. The size of a regular sized mummy. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually pretty. Or maybe the size of a small lighter. Yeah, Wait. yeah. That's miles better. That's miles better description. Yeah. <laughs> the size of a small lighter is what she was. Because <laughs> I think the whole world has different size cups. Yeah. I actually had a question for you. Um, Go on. So. Growing up, or even till this point, did you ever consider like believing in God? Was it ever like a was it ever just something that crossed your mind? You know what I mean? Like maybe not even just believing in Him, but like, or yeah, I guess yes, believing in Him, like having faith in something, right? Like you said, like the universe, right? Mm-hmm. But did you ever think of like a God? Like did you ever consider Buddhism, maybe, you know, or Islam? Uh, growing up. So my situation growing up was I went to a small primary school and you were singing <coughs> like hymns. Hymns, yeah, that's yeah, right. It's like from the tiny ant- bangers. They were great songs. And I used to- <laughs> yeah, when we did the Christmas play, you were like, yeah, three kings. <laughs> yeah, we'd, we'd, you'd do the Christmas play, the nativity. And, but then it was, I, so we'd go to church one day of the week, I can't remember when it was, and I'd started, nihilistic I'm not going to pretend that like when I was no, eight years old, I was cursing God and 
you know. Oh my goodness, can you imagine? Just, oh, that would be like yeah. a movie. Or critiquing <laughs> Christianity and, you know. Theological yeah, stance. Giving, you're giving like a, a deep philosophy. It'd be like C.S. Lewis in that case. Yeah, giving deep reasons. It was just a bit like, eh, I don't really enjoy it. I, don't, I just didn't see it. I mean, I think, but when I was going through that age, mm. when I was at primary school, I think I did pray. But it was... It's not like you didn't know what you were doing, right? I, I was praying for the wrong things. I was like... Oh, every kid. I want PlayStation. Well, I was doing that too. I, mm. I prayed to God one time every single day in the, on the veranda that I wanted brown hair. It's the dumbest thing I still remember. Mm. I'll be like, Lord, like, I want brown hair. Like, please. Like, I woke up every morning and my hair was still blonde. I was mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, God clearly doesn't exist then. So he's not giving me my brown hair. But it... <laughs> so, I was actually pretty angry about it after a period, but... So... <laughs> So I, I don't know, then after like, after I'd say even halfway through primary school, so my brother went to high school first, and I see my older brother in a little way, like, I won't say corrupted me, but he was like, yeah, it's a little shit, this. Like, <laughs> he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah it's a little shit, this. <laughs> like, for example, oh, no. <laughs> for example, uh, cursive writing. Mm. Oh, I um, love writing in cursive. So we had to write in cursive in primary school. I'd say it was fairly strict primary school. Mm. But then once I got out, I was like, yeah, I'm not writing cursive. My brother was like, yeah, you'll have to do it once you get to high school. And I was like, yeah, get in. <laughs> and then I was like, fighting <laughs> like, the system when I was 11 years old by not writing in cursive. I don't know, maybe it's a... It's a, a compliance measure, <clears throat> cognitive dissonance. Yeah. I will not listen to society. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe it's some sort of felt like I was rebelling against something. Or maybe you felt happy because you and your brother were like on the same team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, big bro. I'm cool like you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he was showing me like gangster rap songs when I was in Macho. Year, year five. <laughs> so I, when I was what, nine or ten years old, I was <laughs> rapping to Easy E and Ice Cube. And I, he, he, cause he'd like, yeah, because he'd gone to high school and he was hanging around with these people. Um, <laughs> no. They were like, <laughs> Edward. But then you, if, you like hear from, like, because obviously everything's in a way connected. Mm. There was a lad called George who went to St. Teresa's, I think it was called. It's a school near mine. And then we became like instantly friends once I got to high school because he was somehow my brother knew his brother and it was like so it was like everyone was just friendly with each other oh okay right uh, right right but the question's about Christianity not that <laughs> so, uh, and then once I got like, well, high, I mean you're still on the topic you're just yeah once I, once I got to high school but I'd say but maybe probably when I was like halfway through primary school and then I just like we stopped I told my mum we didn't want to go to church and then I think my mum didn't really want to go I think that she was probably going because we've got family members who mm. are more religious than others and then it was kind of like oh, once we didn't want to go then so for you for y'all it was more like a cultural <coughs> aspect right like yeah, attending it's just, just like the routine the media yeah. you know and i, I think i remember we got orange with sweets on it at one point that was good but i can't remember i think it was orange like with sweets on it yeah and they had like maybe candles maybe it was christmas time yeah. Think, yeah that sounds like a christmas thing <laughs> i mean i've never had that but mm -hmm. it sounds good and it, I, from what I remember, I enjoyed that, but I, I found the whole scenario of being in church and mm. singing together, I just found it strange. 
I, but again, I'm not. I'm not saying like I was critiquing Christianity. I guess I just eight year old. Like, yeah, I, yeah. It's just, I drifted away from it. Yeah, yeah. And what happens? I, I st- the thing is, I'd, I'd, I'd say, I'm, I don't believe in a religion, but I think that you can take good aspects from certain religions. Values, right? Yeah, and I, th- well, I think you can have values without believing in a god. Yeah. Okay. I, I think, I think that's no, true. No, that's a, that's a good, that's a good point because that brings. <coughs> excuse me. That brings us to like this this conversation again. Like, mm. what are the parameters that some religions set that help people with mental health? Mm. And Christianity might present some values that help people move forward and be motivated to be better people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there was one I actually wrote these down, but taking accountability for different things or learning to turn learning to turn inward as well. And when you pray, maybe even if you don't believe in God, when you're praying, say, Lord, please help me. You're believing that you're gonna get help. And that in itself is providing a goal for you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Even if it's this tiny, right? This uh, just like faith is like a must, mustard seed. I need to find that. Anyway, um, there's a movie as well. But you were saying, um, I interrupted. Continue. I was just saying that you just drift. I drifted away from it as I got older, and then I have been. I do find it interesting. Like it, it's definitely interesting that in some parts of the world there are wars happening. Simply because of people's Palestine. belief systems, yeah, Palestine and Israel. Yeah, that's um, a big one. Northern Ireland. <laughs> Belfast used to be the terrorist capital of Europe, and that was simply because, well, not simply. Okay, that's that's not as easy to say. Complex. It was very complex <laughs> of people who wanted to remain part of Great Britain and people who wanted the Republic of Ireland, but then religion mm-hmm. came into it because it was Protestants and Catholics. Oh my goodness. And it's just so bizarre. I feel like I am more of a hippie where I just think everyone's a person. And you can find a, a common ground with everybody because, you know, we're all, at the end of the, end of the day, just people. Yeah. And we believe in different things, but everyone's got a mum, everyone's got a dad. Okay, your mum and dad might have passed away, but that's how you come into the world. Mm. Everyone's coming into the world the same the way, same way yeah. in a different way patch of grass somewhere yeah. in the world and in a different culture somewhere in the world and you know people believe in different things based on what's around them mm. and again citating my friend from the previous podcast is that in let's say this is a big jump in nazi germany okay damn but yeah this is a big <laughs> jump in that in nazi germany you know it would seem psychotic of you to not be in and so, in, in let's say in you know, let's say if you grow up in a scenario where you're surrounded by Christian people, mm. it's psychotic of you or unsociable of you that you are not abiding by that belief system in some way. Uh, I would disagree partly okay. on that, on that partly because it depends on the, the place in the world, but I understand what you mean. Yeah. So in America, I feel like there would be some communities that would be exactly that way. Mm. Where like, maybe in the Amish community as well, where if you're not Amish, it's like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Get out. Like, you know what I mean? I, that's, what I, that's how I feel about mm. it. Whereas in other Christian communities, you have people who, you know, for example, if you came to our Bible study, mm-hmm. nobody would look at you like, ah, oh, this dude's an unbeliever. 
You know, mm. like, ah, like, what is he doing? And we had someone who was an unbeliever in the group. Um, he moved back to Sweden. But um, he ended up turning to Christ anyway. Like, but he went, I think it was, he was there for two months or something. And he would attend every Bible study, but he would, like, always be devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I yeah. mean? But nobody had anything. It was like, we didn't think he was crazy because from the Christian stance, that's meant to happen. Mm-hmm. If you're... <laughs> If you're just like being Christian because it's fun, you have to reevaluate yourself because it's not fun. There are people who bully you for it. Mm-hmm. And like I've <laughs> Sarah, her husband, bullied her for being Christian mm-hmm. intensely and abused her for it. Right? She couldn't even attend church because of him. So it's things like that. And, then, and I have to find the verse, but somewhere in the Bible it tells us that we're going to be persecuted again. And that's just a fact. Yeah, I think this happens with any religion mm-hmm. people can be discriminated against because they're muslim right and it's it's bizarre because it's just someone has a belief system and okay there's certain parts of every religion that's bad there's certain parts of people who are atheists mm. who are assholes it's like every group has got Sure, yeah, yeah, and that's true. Because we're all human, right? We're all sinners. Yeah, yeah. So to yeah. this, my, that's the way I, the way I look at things is that well, everybody's human. Mm. If I just take an approach of purely human perspective, mm. then it'll make me understand people better. Right. And I, I think that's why I try to have conversations with different people because right. I understand that I'm similar to you. Yeah. Because on a basic level, we're human. So, right. why do you have this? In my in my in my brain, I'm going. Why do you have this right. belief system and I don't? It's the human connection that you're exploring mm-hmm. as well. Like what you were saying just now, you said something interesting. You said we're all connected. We're all interconnected, right? But it, it was like a, even just simple as like in high school, you knew this person, but that knew, mm-hmm. knew that person. But when you really get to know that person, it changes your perspective, and you shift from oh, they're like a cocoon, to they're no longer in a cocoon. You know, it's your mindset around that person, their traits, their characteristics, their virtues, whatever. So you move past that, and suddenly it's a whole different, not a whole different person, but you've now opened doors to different experiences and different perspectives, which bring you forward. I mean, it opens your mind a lot more.